When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Here's a quick and free way to finally stick to your New Year's resolutions. Start listening to podcasts on Spotify. With more than 150,000 podcasts, including Oprah's Super Soul Conversations, The Tim Ferriss Show, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, and The Nutrition Diva, you can learn just about anything, even how to get better at listening to podcasts about getting better at things. So start the year off right with podcasts on Spotify. From the team that produced Girls Trip, What Men Want is an outrageously hilarious must-see comedy in theaters February 8th, starring Taraji P. Higgy Higgy Henson <laughs> as a woman who gains the incredible power to hear men's thoughts and uses it to win in love and life. With hilarious performances by Max Greenfield, Tracy Morgan, <laughs> Pete B.D. Davidson, and Wendy McClendon Covey, there's so much diversity both in front and behind the camera. What Men Want is the perfect movie to see with your girlfriends. Rated R in theaters February 8th. Welcome to the Friends. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as Hey Friend. Hey. My name is Asante. This is the Friends. Zone. Let's search the show. Let them know, Greg. Oh, I can show a horn on the Play it for him one more time. I sure let will. Him, you, let know him I know. you know I don't have any problem. The way she came in. Let him know, Greg. Let him know, Greg. Now. An intro. Yes. You all know I've been on this theme of, of just celebrating black women and their contribution because I believe they just enrich us Amen. in so many ways. And so I figured... What blacker of a woman could we celebrate than Nene Leakes yes. this week, Leakes, right? Nene Leakes. So, as you know, that was an exchange between her and her husband, longtime <laughs> husband Bam. of two husband times, oh, right. Greg Leakes, okay? Um, and they were the taunting, yeah, they were taunting Kenya Moore, who was on the other side of the stage at their <laughs> season six uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion. It's an iconic scene that I actually was fortunate enough to recreate with none other than Greg Leakes. Shout out to Greg Leakes. I ran into him on the street in New York City and we recreated that scene. So that was great. But in that scene, I thought it was so beautiful and such a representation of what black love really means, because it really means standing in the gap with your partner when it's time. And one of the blackest times to work together as a team is when you're cussing somebody's ass the fuck out as a couple that is bonding time. And it really is definitive of the degrees of devotion and loyalty you have to your partner. You understand what I'm saying to you tonight? So to hear Nene Leake say to Greg, let him know, Greg. And that's all it took for him to spring right into action. And yes. now Greg is an old man and he's spring was sprung on that stage. Yeah, let, that's right. I honked the horn on him, made the noise of a horn honking. I thought it was so motivational and encouraging. She was really, you know, being the personification of a backbone to yes. her partner when she said honk the horn on him. So I feel like 
in the spirit of encouragement and uplifting everyone, the hashtag this week should be honk the horn of them. Tweet your friends, celebrate their their wins, successes, honk the horn on all the great things and great people in your life. It doesn't always have to be an argument with some bitch. You can actually honk the horn on them. You can actually honk the horn on them just for the sake of honking the horn. Encourage your friends. Support your friends. Honk the horn on them. And with that being said, <laughs> and most importantly, <laughs> y'all are making me laugh this week. Mother thank and thank you for it. And thank you for it. He's going to say, y'all making me laugh. And thank you for it. So, see what I mean? Supporting your friends. <laughs> encouraging your friends. Thank you. Hunk so, the horn on them. That's Destin. right. <laughs> toot, toot. Boo, boo. Bam. Bam. <laughs> With that being said, and most importantly, for next understood. Time you catch the bam. That's right. I wanted to. I couldn't remember. I was like, "Is <laughs> it blow? Blow? <laughs> Tada! Watch out now. It's the little one. <laughs> wow. Now she is. Okay, but yeah. So, <clears throat> with that being said, <laughs> with that being said, hey, well, I mean, bow wow. No, Man, you know, no, I guess no, she would be bow. That Chicka being wow said, wow. With that the being egg said, shape. Okay. With that being so said. listen. <laughs> with that being said, it's time for the QTNAs, which are the oh, questions that need answers and questions that niggas is asking. We're gonna start with number one, because we always do. From the top. This is the friend zone. Will J. Cole. Okay. <laughs> Will J. Cole go ahead and put an end to Tory Lane's attack on Dreamville? You know, Tory Lane's is on this campaign and I yeah, rep everybody on Dreamville, yeah, right? He's he's in his soldier boy mode. Right. What the fuck is that? It's that show on MTV too. Ridiculousness. <laughs> but moving forward, yeah, right? Chanel West Coast. Is J. Cole gonna put an end to that by releasing a one bar diss track? Oh okay. That goes. Niggas is a bit too eager. It's not my fault. You look like a ring finger. <laughs> is that how he's gonna That's get? To, <laughs> how he's gonna get Tory Lanes ring finger? Don't Tory Lanes look like a ring finger? Moving on. Question Happy birthday, two. J Cole. <laughs> Speaking of birthdays, question two. Oh damn! What? Well, Oprah. I got the damn money, Winfrey. <laughs> Find the white woman who called her a black slut in the color purple. Remember when the oh mayor knocked it down and that white God. woman said, you black slut. Remember that white woman? Oh well, Oprah Winfrey, find that white woman and whip her ass on national television as the right and justified premiere of Super Soul Sunday. <laughs> Is that what she's going to do? Oh, my life, I had to fight. That's question two. Oh, my God. Now, question three, I really want to get to the bottom of. I mean, the base, okay? Which one of y'all, I'm going to find out today. Which one of y'all said that Tokyo Blackest China Tony, okay? Oh, my gosh. Which one of y'all said that Tokyo's Tony's teeth were coming to Broadway to put the tar in Avatar, okay? Oh, what? As it has just been announced that she's playing the lead in the play. No. Don't Tokyo Tony look like a black Avatar? Like if they had black Avatar people, wouldn't they look like Tokyo Tony? Remember the face shape? I, I want to know who said just, it. No, so with that being no, asked, I want to take this opportunity. <laughs> okay? Avatar, ta, 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 ta. Did you see the tweet where the person said, this is Dustin asking QTNAs and it was Kodak Black with the mask on? <laughs> I hope so. 
Look at these pictures of Tokyo Tony. So look, look at Tokyo Tony looking like the Avatar people. Look, Y'all, that's how the Avatar look on the big screen. Yeah, no, so, no. thank you, no. thank you. With those questions being asked She's and most really importantly pretty. understood, the Avatars, it was a the beautiful, uh, you know, animatronic. She looked animatronic. Animatrolop. So with that being said, I want to welcome everybody to the Friend Zone, which is your weekly look, right, into all things mental health, mental wellness, and mental hygiene, because who in the hell wants a musty brain? I know I don't. We're still under question whether or not Tokyo Tony does. Hey, friend, how you doing? This is where you come on into the room. How you doing? I'm amazing. How was your weekend? It's been a good weekend, you know. The weekend was good. Um, I worked this weekend, um, and I actually got a chance to spend some time with some great friends on Sunday as part of Sunday Fun Day. Yay. Um, I went to dinner with um, another great friend, and I had a good time this weekend, too. So it was just, I had a great time. Saturday was great. Thank you, friend. Saturday was great, huh? (laughs) Yeah. It was good for me too, Dustin. What a feeling. It was good for me too. <laughs> How was your weekend? <laughs> My weekend was really, really good. I got to spend some time with Jade and Crystal. Oh, hey. that's wonderful. Yes, we do our date nights. We've been trying to do it weekly mm-hmm. and just be like each other's support system, which yeah, has been really, really nice. Energy. Yeah, we that's like our, our goal for this year to just see each other more. Um, so that was great. We <laughs> grabbed some dessert. She getting y'all ready. Some, right. Crystal getting y'all ready for when she had that baby. Okay, <laughs> right. building our village. Look, I'm telling you. <laughs> it takes a village. Um, oh, and Noah's tooth fell out. Oh. ASAP Noah, now baby. Now she has two bottom teeth that are missing. Oh. So cute. I can't take, I was like, Jade, how much are you giving her from the tooth fairy? And she was like, oh, no one knows there ain't no damn tooth fairy. <laughs> I was like, Jade, what the fuck? <laughs> Jade is terrible. <laughs> She was like, I don't want her thinking a white woman comes in here and gives her money. No, I can't uh, snatching your teeth she out your mouth. A black woman, it could be Tyra Banks. It could be a black you know. fairy, you know. <laughs> Man, Jade, school of hard knocks. But um, and then on Sunday, I taught class in Haas's school. How was it, Professor Friend? It was so much fun. Mm-hmm. I'm always honored because I'm not a practitioner. Usually mm-hmm. she has practitioners come on. They teach you a specific craft, whether it's like breath work, Reiki, some type of like mastery in the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. So I was, I love it because I come on and I'm just like, hey y'all! <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but we ended up having so much fun. I got to exp- uh, just talk to them about how to integrate spirituality into business mm-hmm. really you know it's something that people always struggle with like can you still maintain your integrity and in who you are and be successful like right. is it possible to do that do you kind of have to compromise your ideals or mm. you know kind of what is it do a little something strange for some change yeah so. something strange for a piece of change <laughs> so we kind of talked about I that right <laughs> so it was a really fun enlightening conversation because her community is just great Mm -hmm. you know it just feels really safe you can speak how you want it's like a a really beautiful cultivated corner of the Mm -hmm. world and I'm excited for her and I was honored to be a part of it that's what's up friend yeah and thank you to everyone who signed up and showed up there was a lot of friends on love in the comments which is really awesome Uh, 
y'all are just the best, man. <laughs> like for real. Y'all are. You know, they just they come with us to our other projects, and that always means a lot. Um, yeah, so that was my weekend. Good. You know what? Speaking of that, I want to give a quick shout out to um, all the. I got a lot of love. I went to an Out Magazine event for Rent live on Broadway. They created oh my like God, a cat I scratch. It, you I guys. missed it too, but I saw some clips, and the clips looked good. But yeah. I, the clips that I saw were different from I think what they aired or what they were saying aired. But um, how was it? The event was great, and I got we got a lot of love. And so shout out to um, Out has a whole. They've done a complete overhaul over there with the staff, mm-hmm. the editors, everything, um, and they have a lot of representation from um, black people and black queer people as well. Amen. And they all listen to the show. Everybody that I met there. So shout Stop out to the it. team over at Out and Hi. all of the love that we got too from people that were at the event. Dope. So it was so dope. Oh, cool. Wait. What up, Out? <laughs> I, so wait, does someone's leg break? Yes. Someone's ankle One broke. of the actors, yeah. And so they had to use I pre-film footage from their dress rehearsal. Oh. And they were only able, I think it was only like 17 or 11 minutes that were actually live towards the end mm. of the production. So that's why everybody was kind of pissed with the, um, you know, the product, I guess, in the end. Oh, that's devastating. Especially for the, I think about the other actors too. What a moment, you know yeah. what I mean? A live musical. You've been working yeah. on this. Oh, but I hope he's okay. I, Me too. I mean, I saw people saying something about they broke a leg, but you know, people say that in theater, so I didn't know if they <laughs> meant literally. <laughs> It's like, are they wishing them luck or they really had it? Yeah. Missed out, but I would have been, I'd have been eyeballing, eyeballing everybody that said it to me from the stretcher. If that was me, <laughs> they'd be wheeling me in that ambulance. I'd have been looking at every single motherfucker that said break a leg, mama, mother, grandma, everybody, right. whoever said it. <laughs> Who right. started that? That to me is like the worst Awful. way to tell someone have a good show. Break a leg. Who started that? Remember, New- Tiffany Pollard was upset on New York Goes to Hollywood. <laughs> Why? They were. It was all about her forays into trying to be an actress in Hollywood. <laughs> oh boy. And so. It followed her along the audition process and there was a girl who she kept seeing at the auditions. The girl was like, break a leg when she was walking in and Tiffany turned, I don't need to break my legs. I'm uh, And the guy asked her like, what's the matter? She's like, she talking about she going to break my legs and shit when we go to the <laughs> Shout out to Tiffany Pollard. The OG. Yes. Oh my goodness. Wait, did you talk about your weekend? No, I did not. What'd you do? I did a lot of shit. I actually um <laughs> I was on Alexa Layton's show. I went Shout to Shout out to Alexa Layton. Layton. Shout out to Alexa what Layton. Beautiful self. Right? You know, she's a bombshell. She's someone I really, really fuck with. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the fuck we were talking about. I really don't. That means it was a good show. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> we was drinking. Shout out to Baked by Melissa. They sent them cupcakes. Yes. Shout out to Baked by Melissa. To Alexa show had some tequila so it was a good ass time but, uh, tequila yeah. and cupcakes with Alexa yep. Layton tequila mockingbird <laughs> mm-hmm. and some and Melissa's cupcakes so mm-hmm. yeah it was a great weekend Bomb. Yeah. yay so you guys ready to jump in yes let's do it so on last week's episode we had a show titled would you tell me oh my god the responses first of all had me dead and uh, as where we discussed whether why is it that there are certain friends that you can be completely honest with about how you're feeling what you're thinking about anything and then there are other friends that for some reason you always feel like you have to bite your tongue or walk on eggshells and as always you guys had a lot to say (laughs) Asante's already over here laughing so who stood out to you Asante well I'm gonna read who really stood out to me uh, after this because I was laughing because the uh, this comment is by uh, Marissa shout out to Marissa 
first off of the email. Uh, it says Crock-Pot versus Instant Pot. And it says, hi, I love your podcast. I wanted to throw in my experience with Instant Pots and Crock-Pots. <laughs> my New Year has been filled with new recipes because I got an Instant Pot for Christmas and I couldn't recommend it more. I've been a long-time Crock-Pot cooker. Pulled pork, soup, beans. The Crock-Pot is amazing. See, I know that the Crock-Pot is, you know, the ish. <laughs> but an Instant Pot can do everything a, a Crock-Pot can. Plus, it has a pressure cooker setting. The pressure cooker allows you to cook recipes much more quickly and with more flavor. I have a refried beans recipe that goes from dry beans to refried in less than two hours. My husband also made a chicken tiki uh, tikka masala that was creamy and tasted like it had been cooking for hours. Oh, what? A a chicken tikka masala. No, I didn't heard a chicken masala. I didn't even heard a Mississippi masala. What? It's good. That used to be my jam when I would go to the Indian spot. Okay, it's what now? It's like an orange gravy with chicken. It's good. And okay. The well, like Fran didn't co-sign it, so, you know. <laughs> You've never had chicken tikka masala? I, I've eaten tons of different e- like good. Indian food, and I don't really know the difference in a lot of it. But that was my go-to. No, that was my go-to. That's yeah. My I go-to know. is always the seafood korma. Good ditch, Francie. Yeah. We made Safe. mashed potatoes, <laughs> risotto, and black beans, too. Next wow. up, we're learning to make vegetarian curries. I just really love it. It seems like everything to cook in the Instant Pot is packed with flavor. Yo, so, let me tell y'all how y'all crock-potted me out. Sometimes I'd be like, woo, why'd I ask? Y'all, had, <laughs> y'all sent me all kinds of pictures of meals and pots. And <laughs> my, my mentions for like the four days after that episode was about crock-pots and Instant Pot. <laughs> That shit low key had me dead. I was like, only us. Everybody only was us. Up and they said, crock pots, no, crock pots, right? Team crock pot. No, and people being like, fuck that, you need this. I was like, yo, That's y'all right. are hilarious. Now get the air fryer. Now get the air fryer. <laughs> but who I really wanted to read, it's just because I saw and that. Then and then Jade, of course, was like, oh, Lord. no, you need the instant pot. She was like, you need the ultra. No, the aura. That's the one she put oh, me on to. Apparently, the is. aura is an Instant Pot, a Crock Pot, and an air fryer. See, that? I knew it. I knew it had to have that. It's like a ultimate fucking <laughs> Some pot. stuff I don't want everything to do. Right. I just want my Crock Pot to crock. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? I don't <laughs> want everything crocking. It's crockin'. like those like shampoos how, that are conditioners yeah, body wise. I need yeah. two bottles. Like, like I don't want, Like no. use a walk to walk. Okay? Right. And I ain't washing my ass hair with the same thing I'm washing my right. hair on my head with like, right. that don't even make sense. Right, exactly. exactly. Two different hairs. Everybody know the texture is a little bit different. <laughs> everything. <laughs> but, uh, uh, also, shout out to Alicia. The subject on her email was, if you got a booger, I'm telling you. Oh, boy. I'm the person who will tell you about yourself. If you have a booger, I will politely pass you a napkin when you're sitting across from me at the restaurant and do a little pinch at my nose to let you know what's up. This is not only because I do not want you out here like that, but for my own mental health. <laughs> Right. Wow. That's why I had to read this one. How am I to enjoy my food with the booger sitting across from me? <laughs> that's and not it, mental health. And it says booger. <laughs> so, like, it's that's why I keep saying, like, it's spelled that way. When I'm not at a restaurant, I will say, you got something in your nose. 
this is to make them feel a little less, a little at ease because you're not identifying the object as a booger, but as a thing, <laughs> as a which booger. makes it a little less awkward while getting the situation handled. With love, booger control. <laughs> <laughs> I read that on the train. It was dying. It's all so. like Blanche, a booger. <laughs> a, a booger. <laughs> <laughs> but friend, what did you find out there in those SoundCloud screeps? Actually, I'm going to dip into Dustin's Twitter hey. street. Good, we're having a block party. Simply Sheeta said, I was on the edge of my seat waiting for you to say my Lola tweet, which was the company, the My Lola company that I shared in my wellness segment for women's feminine hygiene products. And it says, I'm two years in with them and my cycle is shorter, lighter, and my PMS isn't as intense. Makes me even more scared about what's in the commercial stuff. And you know what? You guys also put me on to a black-owned company called My Honey Pop. So we about to do the black business right now? We might as well. Let's, Let's do, do it. Because it ties right in. But apparently there's a black-owned company, and I love it because when I look them up, like I said, it's called My Honey Pot. I love that it said, as opposed to saying, you know, made by women for women, it said made by people with vaginas for people with vaginas. Okay. Amen. Just very progressive. So that already showed yeah. me what kind of brand it yeah. was. And I love it because it's uh, gynecologist-approved, dermatologist-approved, so that means they worked with scientists. So it's based on science, but then it's also 100% natural. You love you some, <laughs> some lavender or some jasmine, friend. You see it already. I'm, you I'm pulled it, it up. I'm seeing it. They got the wipes. <laughs> they got the sprays. They got everything you need. But the do you see systems. how awesome it is? Yes. It and looks it's, re- it's the packaging like a, looks really fresh. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah. And it's like a botanical-based green product. So everything's 100% natural. She uses organic products. Apparently, I saw some people talking about it because they saw that, you know, people had been suggesting it to me. And mm-hmm. someone was saying she even has some tampons that have like a cooling feeling to it. Oh, like a menthol tampon. Like a menthol. Oh, it's minty, but it's all natural herbs. And like a appa- Newport tampon. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently what it does, the herbs help your set your um with your muscles. It helps oh, relax okay. them so that way your cramps aren't as bad, which That's I think is genius. Amazing. Because the cramp balm that I use is a mixture of different herbs. So apparently she just put that into the tampons. And I'll be honest, stuff like that usually makes me a little bit uncomfortable because I'm just like, eh, I don't really know about putting like too many things up there, especially if I don't know who you are. <laughs> but M- mood. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love that she said that she I'm has worked with too. doctors just to make sure that it doesn't disrupt a woman's pH or yeah, excuse me, which is the important. person's pH. Can I just share this product? Mm-hmm. It is moisturizing water-based lubricant with kiwi vine extract. On my honeypot? Yep. I'm On, telling uh, it's, uh, you. It's thehoneypot.co. When you're feeling dry down there, reach for our <laughs> moisturizing herbal lube for added ease and comfort during sexual activity. Mm. This formula is water-based, which will leave you feeling comfortable and hydrated, not too sticky or itchy. Plus, the kiwi vine extract will maintain your pH and is designed to mimic your honeypot's natural lubrication. Your honeypot. Oh I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they got to subscribe and save on here. <laughs> and You know, that's the new way. For some reason, it's not pulling up on me, but since it's pulling up on you, isn't it available in Target? Oh, let me go see. They got the store locator. Let me see where I can locate some of the honeypot. And I love it because it says the first complete feminine care system powered by herbs. I think that's amazing. It's awesome. Like, you know, I love it. 
Yeah, and then they have... They are at Target! They're at Target, right? Do they have, like, a cleaning wedge? <laughs> I feel like I would clean mine with, like, a wedge. <laughs> now, why a wedge? Sort. Why not just, like, a, a wipe? A wedge seems like it would be more of a good fit. <laughs> when it comes to cleaning purposes, like you could, you know, like, like really go. To is town, that a like, thing, or have I just created something? Well, it sounds like you yeah, just it sounds like you might. Something. We need to make a to cleaning wedge and, and plan mm-hmm. that out. But shout out to B. Feliu Espada. I yes. really hope that I'm saying your name properly. Work you are awesome. Apparently, she's someone who suffered from bacterial vaginosis for months. And an ancestor, listen to this, gave her the ingredients to heal herself in a dream. Mm. Wow. She created the formula and it was effective. And she thought, I got to put this out. It wow. came to me in a dream for a reason. Boom. Now they're in Target. The rest wow. is history. She used to read Word Up magazine. <laughs> <laughs> so my honeypot, uh, Asante said, is thehoneypot.co. The company is called The Honeypot. Find it on the website or at Target. And that's the black business for today. Shout out to you. Biodegradable and cruelty free. <laughs> and powered by herbs. Okay. My, that's like my <laughs> dream company. And backed by science. My dream company. <laughs> the honeypot difference. Only the good stuff. Powered by herbs. Refreshing and healing. Made by women. Backed by science. Bi- biodegradable and cruelty free. Come on. Black I love it. The and they have stuff for mommy to be. They have refreshing spray for your private areas. Like the they said they have lubricant, menstrual products, and cleansing foam. So it's an array of products. Definitely check them out. I had to throw that out there because I love when you guys suggest things and put me on because y'all know what I love. And that means a lot to me. You know, I love supporting women, especially black women. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally about to order it or go to Target and, and hopefully they have it because you know the Target in. I go to the one in the Bronx, that Bronx. Uh-huh, I know where you, you go. You know, uh-huh. and they don't uh-huh. have it. Uh-huh, <laughs> no, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know the one. Mm-hmm. I, I know. That's what, that's what we said. Mm. Don't you bones. gotta go up all them escalators to go in? Yeah. Oh my god! And, and then, then I'd be lost get there sometimes. And it's a, a as many times there. as I've been, I always get off on the wrong floor, and I'd be like, "Wait, it's not four; it's five. It's, like, uh, it's in I'm between." I'm wasting my time. Anyway, so this week's episode, I actually wanted to. There's been a lot of. <laughs> why are you guys making these faces? <laughs> We've obviously been playful and it's been fun, but I actually wanted to turn it a little bit because there's been a lot of conversations surrounding homophobia. If you, unless you've been under a rock, you saw that <clears throat> Jesse Smollett from Empire Fame and. And I know he's working on his music and he's on tour. He was just a victim of a brutal homophobic and racist attack in downtown Chicago on Monday. On top of just the attacks that we're seeing online on a regular basis that are being shared. And unfortunately, the ones that we don't know about because they're not being shared, but we Mm. know that they're happening, especially under the illusion of these bigger more metropolitan cities being like liberal and safe and progressive granted we live in new york it's eons more progressive than a lot of other cities but it does not mean that it is perfect right and so the fact that i have my two brothers on this show who can speak on it obviously way more than i could why Are you sure I thought it would be I thought it would be super important to take the opportunity to give you guys 
the space to speak to those who need to hear you guys, who need the guidance, who just want to share stories. I'm sure there are a lot of younger ones that are still trying to battle whether they should even come out in a world like this. You know what I mean? There's just so many levels and layers to it. So I figure like, how do I don't even know where we would start because I'm already seeing y'all's I thought you were about to say, how, you, how do you come out? Is that what you're about to ask? No, no, no. Oh, I was going to say, how do we even start? Because there's so many layers to this. But Head first, otherwise you would breach. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no. First things first, I think it's appropriate to start with, I know for a personal level, um, I want to definitely send as much love as I can um, and good energy and, and healing energy to Jesse. Yeah. Um, he is a champion of so many different causes and issues. And I know how important I know for a fact how important it is for him to speak up about things that people are often silent about. And he has been a champion of so many different things and causes and done so much work, actually gone and done the work, flown to Flint, Michigan. He's done the work. I know this for a fact. And so it could not, something as, as tragic and horrific could not have happened um, to, it, he just didn't deserve this. So um, I love you, Jesse. Shout out to Jesse um, and his healing and his support. I think there's been a huge outpouring of love and support um, from, from so many different areas and different communities geared towards him. And so that felt really good to see. Um, and I just hope he feels that love. So let's just start there for me. Yeah. Um, Beyond that, the conversation of home of homophobia is very layered. There's a lot of depth there, a right. lot of different roots. It comes from a lot of different places, mm. um, and it is a, a harsh reality of life for gay people, especially for black gay people, because there's different. It works differently in our culture when it comes to homophobia, when it comes to the perception of what gay life is and gay existence is, when it comes to the assumed weakness or assumed um, lessened. Uh, uh, male stature that you have for for gay men, all of those mm-hmm. things follow and are a part of the stigma that's attached to what people think it means to be black and gay. Um, and that's not the case for everybody. Um, there's so many different, there's such a, a broad spectrum of, of types of black gay men. And I think that it's best that everyone just understands that that's a part of life. And there are so many gay people around you who are afraid to let you know that that's who they are Mm -hmm. because they don't want that judgment to be cast upon them because they are in fear of relationships breaking down and crumbling that are critically important to them. I'm talking about immediate family members. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm talking about even things that you have to consider, like when you are the cool older cousin or you're the cool uncle and people have small children, you feel apprehension about even disclosing to them that you are homosexual because there's an assumption that all homosexuals are are pedophiles. Right. So there's things like that that people don't think about. There's also... There's also the moment of, okay, not only am I walking out of this door this morning as a black man in America in 2019, I'm also a gay black man in America. So the same... um, immediate sense of awareness that is heightened because you're black, double that. Double heightened. 
Okay. And that is, that is where we are once we just consider the fact that you're gay, but you triple it because not only are you black, not only are you gay, which covers everyone, then there's another perception within the black community. There's black homophobia in addition Mm -hmm. to just homophobia in general. So you triple those senses of awareness and imagine that being your everyday life. Every time you wake up and walk out the house, that's what it means. So you know, talk to your mothers, talk to your grandparents. If you are a person who's progressive in thought and who understands that this is simply another part of life, talk to the people around you. I think that's where the conversation needs to begin. Um, for gay people, um, I can't speak for everybody, but I am determined to always fight for respect in my life in general. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm uncompromising when it comes to that. So whatever type of disrespect I'm met with will be addressed and handled. And I'm also, to keep it so real with you, I'm a fighting gay person. Like, I don't mind literally balling my fists up and getting dirty. And I'm not saying that shit to try to be tough or none of that dumb shit. I'm just saying, like, I really don't mind. Yeah. And... (laughs) And there's a lot of people who feel that way in the gay community. And there's a lot of times that people short are surprised. <laughs> you know, it's, they, they it's get surprised. Few, it's like a short few syndrome because it's like your patience is so short for like the disrespect, just like the, the uttering of. And I'm saying that because I've seen you in action and you about, and you lose it. And, so, and you also do a great job of holding it together when you're letting people have it too. Like that man on the street and like, Philly or wherever where he walked up to us and was saying shit and then well we were, when we were in Charlotte <laughs> remember when that man walked up and he yeah. was just saying shit and how you calmly like got back at his ass for shit first like, of all it, it, yeah so yeah that was just a bad situation but it's so crazy that if we were able to just laugh that off that experience would have traumatized a lot of people mm-hmm. what Asante's talking about to our listeners because the people in this room know about it yeah. but when we were on tour last year we had a show in Charlotte and Asante and I were outside enjoying um, the sidewalk and <laughs> we were approached by a, a guy who just immediately started um I don't even know. Well, I do know why he was talking to us, but he just started making references to us being gay. And right. I don't even feel like we looked gay that day. So he well, just but remember, up to you but, out the But blue? remember, he was like, he was like, yeah, you know, you got a responsibility, you know, taking care of these women out here. Right. So, because, like, oh, we're expecting be, yeah, a lot of you're right. I'm sorry. That's what happened. He immediately began this conversation about uh, us protecting women as our romantic partners. Mm, okay. um, and he really went overboard with it. And right. so I, I told him. It kind of felt like he was trying to test her. Walked up to y'all literally, and just literally, randomly, literally. out of the sky. It looked like, well, out of the ground, actually, because wow. he was filthy. <laughs> but um, literally, that's what he did. And so I think I told him, well, I told him that that wasn't the case with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A little colorfully. Because yeah, I felt tried colorfully. at that point. Right. And so the conversation went from there. And I just feel like when people are afraid of gay people, then the best thing to do is put it in their face mm. in yes. conversation. And so that's the approach I took that time. I remember because then I think we were, I walked up to y'all and y'all were like, yo. It was just weird, but that, and it's like I said, it's funny we were able to laugh it off, but that right. is something that would have been traumatic for a lot of other people because it was essentially an attack. And you know what's sad? It's sad that that was a black man that did that to us. And it's it's us that be doing it to us. Uh, case in point, I was out this weekend 
Uh, I was waiting in line for, with somebody. I seen Antoinette this weekend. Oh. And, and everything that happened, I seen Antoinette afterwards. And Antoinette was like, so what did you do? And I was like, I didn't do nothing. Like, I actually was really good. And she was like, really? I was like, yes. Like, you wouldn't believe. But I still was kind of feeling like I hope I seen him in the club later. Anyway, um, I was waiting in line. Somebody kind of brushed my jacket. And, you know, it's cold outside, but I still don't really want to be touched, you know, even though we're in the line. I'm waiting in line. They brushed my jacket a couple times. So I just calmly turn around. Black man, he with his girlfriend or whoever and their friends. And so I just, you know, I'm like, hey, yo, dog, if you don't mind, could you just take a step back? You're kind of brushing into me. He's like, I'm not bumping into you, dog. Are you serious right now? And I was like, it's not that big of a, a deal. Just, you know, just just don't bump into me. He's like, but I didn't bump into you, so I don't even know what you're talking about. I have my headphones on. I'm high as hell. I don't give a fuck. So I was like, all right. So I just put my headphone back on and turn back around and I can still hear him talking shit. Enter DJ Because <laughs> DJ was meeting up with me So he came up in the line And I was like Just so you know This dude He's talking shit about me right now Because I asked him not to bump into me And the minute that I said that I guess one of the other friends She was backing up And she bumped into DJ So he turns around Because he's like um, So now y'all bumping into me And she was like Oh uh, it was an accident I'm just trying to stay warm He's like Well it's feeling real intentional And you know If you're trying to stay warm Stay over there Like you know Don't do any of that <laughs> And so like Really checked her and then the other dude was still trying to turn up and it was like, motherfucker, we don't even need to engage with you. Like, you just, you're in the wrong. So we just kind of stopped talking to them because at the same time, like, we were right and we would have rightfully got it popping, but we were like, we can't do this shit. It's not worth it. It's yeah. not worth it. So then DJ went to check to see if there was a line we could go in and I was like, okay, so let's just do that. We get to the shorter line as we're going in, there's some white men going in. They're like, "This mu- that, that must be the black line over there. Everybody mm. waiting in that long ass line. That's the black line. What? And so DJ's like, oh, hell no. Nah. Like, uh-uh. And I'm like, see, what the fuck is going on like, tonight? What's happening? And so the man's like, oh, man, like, brother, I'm just kidding. And he's like, no, ain't nobody your brother. Like, don't touch us. <sighs> All of this happened, and we finally, like, go into the spot. Spot's cool. Like I said, I, bought, I see Antoinette. I'm telling her all this shit just happened. Skirted all of it. Uh, a few minutes later, we go back outside, you know, to enjoy the sidewalk. And <laughs> You like that, don't you? <laughs> I do. I really we do. We got to enjoy that sidewalk. Yeah, when the sidewalk is available yes, to be you enjoyed. enjoy it. Thank oh you. God. So as we're going back out to enjoy the sidewalk, I see that same white man that was doing all that extra shit. Mm-hmm. He's outside going, fucking faggots. What? There's fucking faggots in there. Like yelling that shit. And this was a white man doing that shit. And I was just like, wow. He wants to get his ass beat right outside of this place. Like, like imagine the wrong person hearing that shit and like them being triggered by any fucking thing. Where was y'all at? Uh Lot 45. It's in Brooklyn. Mm. Look, like, I don't I I did Alexa's show. And so I was in Brooklyn. I was like, oh, let me just stay in Brooklyn since I'm in Brooklyn. See what's happening tonight. And all that shit was happening to me while I was in Brooklyn. That I was like, like I a damn nightmare. I told you, man, some shit be happening to me. You like you can't even make it up. And the fact that DJ was there and he was like he saw and understood. Cause when that man turned back around, I was like, Ain't nobody even touch you. Motherfucker, you touched me. You think I'm gonna just turn around and For make no, up and just pick, to say pick it? I, you think I'm gonna pick you? For what? For what, sir? For no ass reason. Well, keep that same energy, and but don't bump into me no more, then, bitch. Right? Because I really did. Because I really didn't want to talk no more. Because I was like, I, there's really nothing for us to talk about. You touched me, so now that you want to lie, we can either throw hands or I could just leave it alone. And I needed to leave it alone because had I thrown hands, we was in a line. It was just too much. Don't nobody feel like always being about to fight. Right. I'm trying to chill and have and a good like time. Like I don't even, I don't like all that like aggressive he, shit all the time. But again, it's a reality of being a gay man, especially a black gay man. You have to constantly be prepared for 
for circumstances where your um Shit might go left. Where, where you will be disrespected in a way that challenges like your manhood um, or or something similar to that. That's what you have to be on guard against. And it sucks as a guy. Don't nobody always want to feel like they got to be the bigger person. But also the fact that you constantly have to be on guard. Constantly. That, that in itself is not good for your mental health. Can you I know what I mean? You? It's just not a way to live. And that's the part that I, and and then that's why I saw people were saying like, this is a problem with comedians always making that the punchline. You're just trying to enjoy yourself and watch some comedy. Boom. You're the punchline of 45% of the jokes. You know what I mean? And then somebody was like, yeah, but jokes are subjective. I can still laugh. It doesn't, I, this I saw, a, this, you saw that, right? Thread. I saw that. And the guy was like, doesn't mean that because I laughed at this joke that I'm going to go and beat up, you know, a gay man or bash a gay man or that I even have any problems with gay people. But it's like, you don't understand how you're contributing to this being normal, to this being people's go to. So, you know what I mean? Like comedians continue to do it because people are laughing. It's really, you know, it's like I have a hard time with that because well, to I me, know for you, it's a little bit blurry. Yeah. And to me, like, I don't know. I just to me, it's very clear when it's the, the intention of a joke or what it's rooted in is very clear in the delivery in the words that it made that it's made up of. Mm-hmm. You can just tell. And there are funny things about being gay. You know what I'm saying? That's right. just like being gay is funny. Gay people are funny. They say things in a in a more humorous manner. The mannerisms when applied to that are associated with what most people perceive to be gay when applied to certain situations are funny, i.e. finger snaps, things, you know, all that shit right. is funny and it can be laughed at. In a certain way. Right. You get what I'm saying? But I guess that's the tricky part, though, because there are people that are going to find it funny. Yeah. And then there are people that are not. So how do you, you know? You I can think tell. So. You can just tell. So, you know, stay with me here because, you know, I'd be losing myself. Mm-hmm. When that whole Kevin Hart shit was going on and Don Lemon was having a conversation, talking about how he talked to Kevin and all that, it was so odd to me. It made me think about, like... You know, everybody looking at the girl from City Girls now when she's saying, I don't want my son to be gay. And like for her to really not connect how that's homophobic, like what that means. Right. And so people to laugh at this joke and not realize like, oh, that shit ain't funny. Like if you because if you come home and your son is actually gay, you like this is how you're going to treat them. Like you think that she's like, oh, well, no, I know it's just a joke. But, you know, if they did, if your son was like, it's like uh, uh. It, for reference, I did not mean Go to ahead. cut you off or and just as for context. Right. What Kevin Hart said wasn't funny. The right. joke that he cracked, I believe, was about breaking a dollhouse over his son's head or right. something like that if he had one. That's not funny, right? But when Bernie Mac did the the milk routine about milk and cookies. That shit was and funny. And the little boy, see, you chuckled. That, <laughs> but is that because you like Bernie Mac? Not and at, at all. Like no, because, not at all. Because, it's because what he the did, joke, he just talked about how the boy acted. He didn't say, that his old gay ass coming down, sauntering down. My, he didn't do it like point. that. So you don't make concessions for people that you like? No. The joke was funny. And the way that the joke was set up and told was funny. He was adapting the little boy's personality to real life situations and the boy being smug towards him. It was funny. It wasn't something that was disrespectful because the little boy was effeminate. Whereas Kevin Hart and and Thirsty Coochie uh, Carisha, who doesn't drink water, only drinks juice. A grown ass woman who got on camera saying, see this, this my juice right here. 
and pointed at a, a cardboard carton of juice moving right along. <laughs> the two of them said things that weren't funny that were just nasty and abusive and almost in speech. I'll bash, I'll violently respond to my son simply for being gay. Bernie Mac made a joke that was funny that, that made the little boys approach humorous. Right. That's the difference. Okay. And that's the difference in the impact as well. You get what yes, I'm saying? Absolutely. Kevin so, Short, Kevin Hart is too short to be homophobic anyway. He too close to everybody but he hang around <laughs> athletes all the time and you know what I'm saying I think there needs to be a new campaign if you are over 6'5 you need to poot and put Kevin Hart on mute. The next time you Don't see Kevin Hart standing him. behind he, you, I think all the, if you in the NBA, <laughs> poot when you stand next to Kevin Hart in a photograph, at a party, at an event, in a press Not room, poop. whatever. Just put the gas in his face. Okay, so just taking the baton right back really fast Please. because I brought up the Kevin Hart, Don Lemon thing because one of the things that I thought was so interesting that Don Lemon brought up, and I think I talked to you about this on the side before, is internalized homophobia. And people don't realize how when you're making jokes and doing shit like that, it makes it harder for a, any gay person out of the closet or not to live. Like it, for you to say, ah, break a dollhouse over my son's head if I find out he's gay. Imagine a little boy watching that shit trying to figure out how to say like, No, nah, he's not. Now to. he's not going to imagine that same little boy opening up the news and seeing what happened to his favorite star on fucking Empire on Fox. Like people are sitting up here really arguing about this on the internet to me, and I'm like, wow, y'all really don't give a fuck, like for real. And I think Don Lemon, when he talked about that internalized homophobia, that's something that we as gay men don't really have space to even really address. I feel like because we too busy trying to break this shit down because people are trying to tell us we need to be to choose to be gay or black. What? I'm both. I'm both, so suck my dick. Right. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> and I've had friends who've even discussed internalized homophobia within gay men. Yeah. Which is That's like an saying. even added layer to that. Yeah. People Ooh. don't want to come out the closet. People don't want to open up because, you know, how it looks for their job or like... When I was in Atlanta, I kid you not, I, I was heartbroken. I was I met up with somebody and he was talking to, you know, to me about where he was from and how it's hard for him to be out because a friend of his just got murdered last week. Damn. Mm-hmm. Like they went up in his house, robbed him. They, and then they staged it as it was a, a, a suicide. Stop. It was an attack. And once they found out that he was gay, they attacked him. And I was like, damn, like this still happens. Like this is about to be 2019 and shit like that still fucking happens. And so then we moving on in the year and then Kevin Hart with his like, I'm not going to apologize. I've already apologized shit, throwing that shit in my face. And I like look at this shit today. And I'm like, I don't even want to talk about this. Like, honestly, just because I didn't get to say it for myself and I know we all mean it. But like just heart goes out to Jesse because sh- shit like this shouldn't be happening. And it's so stupid that it happened and it's so dumb and it doesn't make any sense. But I'm glad that we're talking about shit now. But we've been talking about some of these things for a long time. And a lot of people are tired and don't know how to really engage because we have our own shit that we're trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I can't even talk to certain men because they're like, oh, are you going to be too feminine or whatever? And it's like, what's the gauge even supposed to be for that? Like, why can't it just be human? Like, like why can't it just be like, we're, we both shared something or we both have something and we're both just trying to be happy. And like, you can have your preference or whatever, but don't be disrespectful and be like, oh, I don't do the films. Like, Oh, I remember you were showing me. Not everybody feminine is going to want to do you any damn way. So it's like, you don't have to say, I don't do the fems. Like, it don't matter. Just be like, I'm not interested in you. Like, maybe you haven't seen feminine presented in a way that you want to get her. Or, yeah. yeah. 
And so I just think people need to remain open-minded and not be so ignorant in a lot of different ways. I remember when you were schooling me on the app. Oh, my God. <laughs> what's a B- I was like, what's BTT? <laughs> that was a funny day Hell in Seattle. Yeah. Hell yeah, friend. And that's a whole nother layer of a lot layers. of shit. That's why I'm like, this is such a layered conversation. So being that you, that both of you, I really wish there were Being that both of us, here. what? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on now. <laughs> Being that both of you moved to New York from different cities. To do what? <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> Have you found that New York has been easier uh, or is that a myth? That's a myth. I'm not going to say it's a myth. And the reason I won't say that is because there's a place to escape. To <laughs> escape. <laughs> there's a place to escape. Oh, escape. In New York, right? I think that in New York, there is there are areas and parts of town that are centered in the arts, where there are museums and, and communities who are much, much more accepting of people who are other, mm-hmm. right? And you can run to that. Um, and that is the advantage, I believe, that New York... York City has, uh, but other than that, it's just it just kind of is what it is. People's perception is what it is, and at the end of the day, most straight men are afraid of being adjacent to homosexuality in any way because mm-hmm. they feel like it's an automatic implication of their own desires and it's not and nobody thinking about you and we might as well just be cool so that's why I really th- am thankful for like my friends who are straight men who I have very close friendships with um, that it, I'm not trying we're not fucking so it doesn't matter right. who we both sleep with right you know what I mean like we just we just have real connections and bonds mm-hmm. as, like as friends Friends and brothers, you know what I mean? I'm so grateful for those relationships because they have taught me a lot and taught me that not everybody is fucked up. So that gives like me a little bit of hope because I still have to wake up every day with those guards up. They may be stylish guards, but they're, <laughs> but they're, uh, guards. they're yeah. What was Detroit like? Um, Detroit was very homophobic, as are most cities in the Midwest, especially um, in urban communities. It's simply not cool to be gay. Things are a little bit different now because there's so much more of a gay presence on television and reality shows. And now even in scripted television series, there's you're seeing more of that. So things are simply different. And I'm old. So but back in the day, it was terrible. You know what I mean? And it, it almost kind of forced your hand when it came to overcoming fear of confrontation and fear of physical intimidation from other people because you would find yourself in situations where your back was against the wall or your card was essentially pulled and in a what are you going to do you know moment where you have to decide am I going to retreat um, and allow these people to feel like it's okay to treat me like this or do I respond in a manner that communicates to them I'm not going to allow you to do this and then we figure out from there that kind of builds character, it builds maturity, it builds a lot of different things prematurely in my in my eye. So I think that is a disadvantage of growing up in that type of an environment, but it's a reality. So that's what it was like growing up in Detroit and having gay feelings. Hell, I didn't even want to be gay. 
You know what I'm no. saying? No, I was trying to figure out how I could do it the other way. But after strategy meeting, oh after strategy God. meeting, you <laughs> know, after, yeah, after a couple of soft uh, launches, after, you know, a couple of focus groups, you know, I just had decided that maybe, you know, this was the best business model. Oh, and you know, for me. See, <laughs> Asante. I remember, like, I'm. <laughs> Atlanta's the South, but Atlanta's also known, like... Yeah, no, friend. I'm sorry. Soft launches is really right. did it for me. Right. <laughs> Some focus groups, and then soft launches, like... Um, oh, gosh. Atlanta has a title, Gay Mecca. Yeah, that's why I was excited to ask you about Atlanta. But even with that, I still can remember, like... Very, I can remember times where I was being persecuted for being of the of the homo, and I remember like being at the gas station <sighs> Y'all are one really time. Me today. And I'll never forget. I will never forget this man. I remember telling XD the story years ago. This man at the gas station because I wouldn't give him no money called me a blacket, and it was a black man. He was like, Shit. and we at the gas station, like down the street from like the AUC. So it's like uh, a lot of that area before was still like going through a lot of construction and stuff. So the home, the homeless man outside, I just didn't know if he was one of the J's or not, but I wasn't finna give him no money. And so all I know is he said, you fucking blag it. And I laughed so hard at that <laughs> because I, how you gonna make a compound word? <laughs> no, that's exactly. <laughs> look, look, that's exactly why I gave him some money. <laughs> you didn't. I did. I did because I was so shocked that he for was so effort? pissed. Yes, he was so pissed off at me that he came after me for being like him, but being gay. <laughs> like tried to persecute me for not giving him some money. So you know what, sir, you earned yourself a hit oh right now. God. You did because that took me out. It did. Now. And, I know where XZ got it from because I be seeing him calling people that on Twitter. Like, absolutely. I still remember, I remember it vividly when it happened to me. I remember thinking, like, this is some fucked up shit. I'm glad you laughed instead of taking that gas pump because and spraying I, his ass down like shit. I would have. And, and let me tell you. Bitch, you're going to be a hot one today, goddamn. You better not stand next to nobody lighting a cigarette. <laughs> this is with why me I know. At the gas station. Are you out your goddamn mind? And this is why Ooh, I boy. think, this is why I say it's a myth, too, because that happened to me in Atlanta, like the gas place on earth in my <laughs> eyes. Like, how you going to be homophobic? Republican you in Atlanta and then I think about being in New York and me being in very gay places and being like bashed or talk too crazy like I remember being at the damn gay ass BBQs I've told that story a million times like the gay BBQs the, the gay ass B- the community, the community center. center the community center mm-hmm. and the man what was getting out of pocket with that? me and <laughs> throwing out slurs and shit and it's like bro like this is the gayest place on earth are you going to call me out for being gay like out of all, all you the heard things. was chairs backing up and people standing up no, I'm just playing <laughs> oh my, <laughs> what that noise at one, a fight He's did happen. A, a fight did happen that night. And oh, that's feel, the chair night. Yes, it was, and it was somebody's birthday, oh. and I, I'll never forget that night because I was with the person with them big birthday. ass drinks. That's dangerous. Whoosh. That happened at the gayest place in New York to me, like many many years ago. So I was like, damn, it don't even matter where I'm gonna be gay. I was in the damn library in New York City, and this woman came out of nowhere. She walked up. I was in the library with my boyfriend at the time. We were holding hands, like walking around, thinking we having a fucking moment. 
This bitch come out of nowhere, black woman. Mm-hmm, y'all with that gay stuff walking over. Uh, y'all getting too close to the children's section. Oh, come on. And I was like, ma'am, you really need to just mind your business. And and then, friend, I got roped in, and me and her started going back and forth. And I she know was, how you get you know when what you she get said hot. To me? Do you know what she said to me? She was like, uh-huh, you want to be a woman so bad, don't you? Stop it. And I said, looking at you with this tired wig on, you think I want to be a woman? <laughs> like, I started going after her, like, killing it. And I was like, I'm in New York fucking city, and people are still this ignorant and still this slow. And I think the lesson for me there and then was when I was just like, it don't fucking matter. I'm going to just live my fucking life. And it's so it means so much to me now that in my hood, my neighborhood, I've talked about this um, on Saturday with some people, how the people in my hood, like, they'd be like, you good, man? You good? Anybody talking to you sideways? And Word? Th- yes. The dudes on the block? Yes. Come on, like Harlem. The, the dudes, they be arguing, him and his girl, they they talk to me like we're on. We like are mid-battle. So- they be fighting I've and then turn that. and be like, I've hey, seen that. I've seen that. We're so cool. We're so cool that when they in their car, I, some they be honking the horn a little bit, honking the horn on them. Toot, toot. Like, I'll be, and like, oh, hey, what's up? Like, they, what's up? You know, how you feeling? Aww, man, and then people on. from a couple buildings down, we speak now, and I'm like, oh, everybody, you know, we speaking. And it's fucked up because black men are still being murdered. I still live in the hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, RIP to the niggas who I've seen on the block. As of yesterday, the day before, there's like candles in that whole shit. Like that happens all of the time in the hood. So it's hard for me to think of as a gay man. Like I don't want to be walking down the block, you know, wearing too much color or, you know, switching a little bit too much. Because anybody's going to mess with you for any fucking reason anyway. And then I was like, I'm not living my life like that. Fuck that. And so I take every opportunity I can to try to help somebody out if I feel like they're in an uncomfortable situation. Also, that brazen, bold disrespect like what that lady um, showed you in the library, she wouldn't do that to another, you know, woman, cisgender woman, you know what I'm saying, that she had a disagreement with. She wouldn't just openly. Oh, she wouldn't. She wouldn't just openly disrespect them like that. And so I think that that is the door being opened up for you to go ahead and return the favor. Mm. And that and, you know, whatever the chips fall where they fall. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's it. You have assumed that it's okay to literally disrespect me for absolutely no reason other than what you think about who I'm sleeping with. And see, so let's play. That's and, how I feel. And, and, and that's where that mental like checks and balance comes in where you have to check your damn self because it's easy to get caught up in the trap, right? When we were in the line, it would have been easy for me to go off on this man because he's raising his voice at me, A, and he's fucking lying. You're, t- you're touching me, sir. Like Call the, him cute. Be like, like, you better not touch me again because, you know, I actually like your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and look, see, bitch, I ain't scared to fight you. So, so since I know that's what I that's know that's what really the problem is, then let's go, bitch. Yo, big booty ass. Look, I, I seen you when you walked in. To be honest, since we chatting, you want to keep talking <laughs> to me, motherfucker. Have you seen the tweet? Shout out to Tony. He goes by So Lyrical. He was no, like, "What God. you gonna do to me, cutie?" <laughs> 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 that shit took. It like went viral. Okay, but see, so I'm gonna take you back to the community center. Oh, that's man. what I did at the community center, and that's why. I fight ensued later because the dude was trying to be cute in front of his girls and whatever. It is always in front of somebody. And so I said, okay, I see you just trying to flirt with me. I'm going to see you on the website or something later. That's why you're trying to get my attention now, huh? And so the girls was like, oh. And he was like, what the fuck? What the fuck did he say? And I remember coming out the bathroom and going back and and walking and looking at them 
like it was nothing and going back to my table and them bitches coming up to the table and the people I was with, it was madness. The was fact madness. that 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 we're that we're so casually recounting these stories though, is really like blowing my mind right now though right. because these are literally like traumatic experiences yes. for most people. And I have tons of them. Like, and we just That's why it's so like ah. Like as much as I hate when shit happens, I really don't know what to say because it's like shit been happening. So when I see people going back and forth about it on Twitter now, I'm like, y'all have so many of these opinions when you're people that are like, oh, you need to choose or or well, gay black people they not part of the movement or like whatever dumb little side. You ain't even moving. (laughs) You tweeting right. So that's why I'm like, nigga, what the fuck are you doing? It's sad. They don't want to do nothing. They don't really want to get back. (laughs) They don't want to do (laughs) nothing. What are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, y'all. No, because my skin is black. Okay, my skin is black, and they don't give back. Okay. Ooh. I know the people that I don't know right. what we're talking about. I'm good. Like, what? Does that do? What does that do? <laughs> and good, because who the fuck is she for us to be even talking about? <laughs> That's how I be feeling about certain things and certain people. When people retweet some of these things, that the, these outrageous things that these niggas be saying, I'm like, don't retweet that shit. Just don't even give them the light. Right. I'd rather just have great relationships. I'd rather walk into new acquaintances in my life with a positive outlook and a positive attitude. Um, I don't assume that people are going to have a fucked up intake process with me. I just try to come into spaces um, that may have that intimidation factor for homophobia just as authentically myself as I can. Right. And I mean, what else can you yeah, do? Yeah, you have to be kind of fearless when it comes to that part. And if you don't like it, you don't like me, that's your issue and you are entitled to that. Don't let it get too close to me. You know what I'm saying? Because once it gets close to me, then it becomes my issue and we have to address it. And I'm fine with that approach through life. Now, you both mentioned how things have gotten slightly better in media with yeah. media representation. But have you found that the representation, has it been accurate? Or I is it just like, one-sided? I feel like there's two. Of course, there has been a, an oversaturation of maybe you know, certain types of of what the spectrum of gay men looks like, right? But I believe that it's so broad that you could never really... Capture. Yeah. Right. right. So I'm just grateful for the opportunities that it is presented. And I also don't feel like every... Um, opportunity for there to be someone gay in a project has to reflect my experience. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I'm not looking at everything. Well, they see they should have did it that way, and the person should have didn't like it. Like, no, right? That's not it my would be impossible. Yeah. To you want to see everybody? To your point, something that does not reflect my experience, like at all. Well, maybe I guess to some degree, RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, what's the degree? I watch the fuck out of RuPaul's Drag. Well, because sometimes the queens, they like when they're uh, in the makeup room before they put their makeup on or when they're like getting their stuff together and they're having like little talks in the room. (laughs) Some of them are like recounting stories of like when they first came out or, um, you know, what they have to deal with when they go back home and being, you know, uh, not living with their families and shit like that. I'm like, damn, like, you know, these people have had hard lives just because, you know, either they're gay or that people found out that they have been in the competition or for whatever reason. And it's so interesting 
interesting to me to watch because I have no interest in drag. I told you at when the drag shows be happening at the club, I'm just waiting for it to be over so that you know, the music can drop. <laughs> but there was such that appreciation there for these people to be so brave and look so bomb when they do it. Because when they put that makeup on, I'd be like, well, damn, like you putting makeup on better than some of these hoes <laughs> the out there. The art of it look, alone. You see the outfit, I'm killing you hoes. Like <laughs> when drag queens be on the scene, it's like high and tight and right. And I think that's really, really dope. And also I really like the twists and turns that the competition takes. But I also just think that it's really important that there's a representation of this community because it's part of this culture, this club culture. Also enter Tiana Taylor with her new work, this pussy video, but we'll come back to that. Um, I just like that there are these different types of representation. I don't even walk balls, but I still, you know, like the culture and I think it's dope to watch. Hence, uh, what was the show? <clears throat> what was the show? I'm on FX. Um, Pose. Pose. Yeah. You know, man. that was just a great show to watch for a plethora of reasons. It's going to be dope when it comes back, however they bring it back. Mm -hmm. that, that's how I looked at it because I know a lot of people were disappointed that it's going to be, uh, or it was in talks about being a different than the first season. I just think it's dope that it's coming back, even if it is a completely different like story or whatever it is. Like, I just like the fact that people are paying attention. You know, we have people that can tell stories and if some of those stories look too similar, because I used to watch Noah's Ark back in the day. I used to be like, oh, okay. me too. <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> and the L word. Mm -hmm. Did you ever watch that? Okay, so I did watch the L, the L word. word. Was good. you know what the white it's shows on were good now? Because what was the other Queer white show? Folk. Queer, Queer as fuck. I watched that too. Folk. The mom on there. Oh yeah, listen, honey. And when she bisexual or something, her son like she was taking the gays in, and I was like, come on. Girl. Now you say that obviously it would be impossible for every gay man to feel seen or represented. It would be impossible because everyone has such it's different impossible. experiences, but. Do you guys feel seen in any character or any show or even a personality? Is there anything in media that you feel seen by? I'm just curious. Yes. Um, like, I felt seen by, like, the portrayal of Joe Clark and Lean On Me. <laughs> Dustin, I, I should have known. Mr. in the color purple. I felt seen as well. Um, what's another one I really felt? Mister. Curtis Taylor Jr. in Dream Girls. I felt seen. Uh, I'm yeah. serious, Dustin. I don't know. Like, I'm, I, I, I. It's yet to be created because it's for you to create. There you go, baby. See, look at you. Black, backbone. <laughs> backbone. Okay. What about you, Asante? Okay, so there are pieces of me that are um, Titus. Oh my God, Titus. I love Titus, Titus. Shout all, out to Titus. Where is the spinoff? That's all I got to say. When I tell you everything. He needs to be Titus. a movie star. Like, already. Yeah. Everything he does, it, when I tell you it hits. <laughs> and I really be sitting, like, sitting there like, like, is this me? Like, he's like, I fell asleep with a hot pocket in my bed. And I was like, damn, is he, doing, is he in my house right now? What the fuck's going on? Like, there are certain little things that happen, even in the breakout and song. When uh, I'll never forget there was an episode where he thought somebody was about to say something offensive and he just sung, he just went, wait, like shit like that. Like, I was like, oh, he's so this, talented. It's amazing. Uh, Does he write his own material yes. on that show? Yes. Okay, I knew it because I'm like, who could to. capture Titus that perfectly? He had to have been in the writer's room. Um, I don't feel seen by him, but I would like for him to see me, Trevante. Okay, um, give fair him my enough. Number, he gave. Um, I don't think he's gay in real life. Oh, he played it. Oh, never he just mind. Played it in the movie. Right. <laughs> okay. Look, and, and, you know, that's another thing that I don't really like when people are like, oh, this person's gay or they play gay. So now they're going to be a hero like our hero. Like I love like, you know, I love Frank Ocean's music, but I've never viewed him to be like the cape for the gays because mm. it's 
if he doesn't choose to really go out and do that, then I really don't care. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to say he's the one to do that, but he does still, you know, do the balls for his birthday and stuff like that. So it's like he has some understanding of culture, but I, he also doesn't do a lot of social media. So I don't hold it against him. when He doesn't like speak up or speak out for certain things. But um, I think a lot of people are like, well, this is your responsibility when you have a platform, but you don't know how to. But me personally, I don't know how to support all forms as of yet, but I do try to remain like open and I try to like have a lot of conversations with people and, you know, be a good guy, especially in my community. How do you guys feel about straight men portraying gay stories in media? Is that something that you think is fine? They're not asking us. They don't give a fuck what we think. Well, I'm asking. I mean, I know you are. (laughs) I'm a black gay actor. um, So I'm a black, I'm an actor who happens to be black and gay. And um, I would love to see opportunities specifically for, you know, people like me. However, I'm an actor. So my job is to portray whatever the role is that I'm auditioning for. So just like they can play, yeah, you think I ain't going to lay up, kiss up and hug up and rub up on a woman in a movie? (laughs) I sure am. You're going to fucking believe it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So I'm going to take it because I'm going to take your role. So, hey, let the snatching begin. So you think it's like... I don't think the practice... I'm not saying like the practice is the way it should go, mm. but I'm also not... I mean, I think I naturally it would be beneficial to create, you know, more opportunities specifically for black queer actors. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not... I don't resent, you know, actors who are straight but play gay role, gay characters. No. I don't either because I feel like there are a lot of there. Are, well, there aren't a lot, but there are actors out there that are gay. I think that play straight roles, like the dude that was in Prison Break. Like when I found out he was gay, I was like, "Oh, that nigga gay! Like, cool, that's cool as hell." Mm. But um, and, oh yeah, and also the dude from uh, <laughs> right because right, it was like, oh, oh yeah, but like and like and like what Dustin's saying, it would just be dope if there were a lot of like imagine that you just found out your favorite black actor was a gay man. But, oh, okay, damn, like I didn't even realize. You mean like, when they find out their favorite black <laughs> right. actor is a gay man? So you're saying I'll you like when parties. it doesn't define the person; <laughs> yeah. it just happens to I be. I feel it. like if you can read for the role and you bring something to it, you. You should be able to do it just mm-hmm. like um the dude that played the villain in heroes um i can't remember i don't know nobody's damn name but he was a villain in heroes and then uh he's been straight for a lot of different roles but he's also gay in real life and he's done some gay roles too but i'll just look at him as an actor because i think he can he, he's doing both he's doing both like he do it all dr strange benedict cumberbatch cumberbatch oh his name Cumber- got dick in it you should have been new oh, God. <laughs> he benedict he, <laughs> he benedict. is he gay i don't know if he's gay but he does, he's played a. Uh, uh, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Y'all have me just. Tokyo <laughs> <laughs> Tony. Yeah, there's. Uh, I just like when an actor, like when I found out that they're gay or they've done gay roles. Oh, yeah, and he's I, gay. You know, he played Doctor Strange. <laughs> and so I think that it's dope. I think it's dope when people can be. Mm-hmm. These really cool roles like Doctor Strange, but they've also done gay roles, but it's not that they've done it just to be positioned for, you know. Done it to be positioned for. <laughs> I know. Talking damn. about gay shit. I couldn't even, couldn't even stop myself. <laughs> and then it was just only going to keep getting worse. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I like, I'd like for us to have the opportunity. So when people find out like, oh yeah, this nigga been gay. He's got a family. He just don't talk about them in media. For people to just be like, oh, as a matter of fact, like I like when shit's like, like that. So you don't think it's something that should be like as soon as you come out in the game, like that part of you is amplified. It's just should be something that's a part of your life, just like 
you know, when a straight actor comes out, they're not like the straight, right. uh, you I know, think, Oscar award winning. Right. But when it's a gay man, suddenly there's this need to add it to his name as an actor. And I think, I think that when the need, I'm sorry, I think that when the addition of that line to their name is well-intentioned, great. Mm. When you want to identify that about me because we're, it has, there's a service here, like we are um, part of a panel discussion where we're speaking up about, you know, gay actors or about creating programs for young actors who happen to identify as gay to train and feel comfortable in a safe space, something like that, bet. That's cool. But don't be trying to say I'm the gay guy just because you feel like that's going to be a detraction of some sorts for me. Because then I'm going to talk about your kids. (laughs) Support for today's show comes from Warby Parker. By selling directly to customers online and in their stores, Warby Parker offers high quality, great looking eyewear starting at just $95, including frames, lenses and anti-scratch coatings. But how can you buy eyeglasses online? Well, with Warby Parker's completely free home try-on program, you can order five pairs of glasses and try them on for five days to see what looks best. There's no obligation to buy, and it's 100% free and really, really easy. Plus, everything ships free and includes a prepaid return label. Best of all, for every pair of Warby Parker glasses you buy, a pair is distributed to someone in need. Now, did you guys ever use the try-on service? I did the try-on service and I got me some. Oh my God, I have like five pairs. (laughs) You got you some glasses or you got you some because the glasses look good on you? Both. I mean, a little of both. Okay, look. (laughs) I was doing both. I was doing both. Talk about crossover appeal. (laughs) You know what's funny? I actually (laughs) lost a pair that I love and to this day I kid you not I'm still sad about those oh, damn glasses man. which ones was it the pink ones yes damn, that I wore friend. at Essence Fest yes, so I cute. lost them that day well at least oh, they were man. available when you really needed them <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, they like for the stage. Yes. <laughs> because I was devastated when I see pictures from that day I'm always hella sad so those are probably like my favorite glasses oh, ever friend. they you had know? the mirror lens and then the rose quartz frame mm-hmm. I mean come I on it was bomb so bomb so me but anyways maybe Warby Parker will find another pair because it was a limited edition you can't get them anymore do you know that I still like I hated wearing glasses as a whole but when really? I got my yeah but, but you when, look so cute in, in them. the Warby Parkers the Warby Parker glasses were the first pair of glasses I gotten in like years and because I was wearing them everybody's always like oh those look good on you those and I'm like cute. oh thanks he's a Warby Parker <laughs> and so now I wear them damn glasses when I don't feel like wearing nothing they're great <sighs> they're so cute they're about to suck me back in I'm about to I'm about to test some I mean, more look you can get your five free pairs to try on now. Go ahead and do it. They might got some new styles for it you. It only makes sense. And I just, shout out to Warby Parker. My, I just want to say my introduction to them very briefly was their sponsorship of a live performance video by the group Heim. They oh, did really? Go Slow acoustically, um, an acoustic performance of their song Go Slow. Mm-hmm. And it says sponsored by Warby Parker. Sick. And now I like words with a lot of consonants and very few vowels. <laughs> and so when I saw Warby Parker, I said, Warby, that might be another <laughs> word I like to get myself familiar with. And so I remembered Warby I Parker. Can't. I, I can't. like that. Warby Parker. So head to warbyparker.com slash friendzone to get started with a free home try on. And check out the Warby Parker app. In in the iTunes store, that's Warby, W-A-R-B-Y, Parker.com slash friendzone. Or check out the Warby Parker app to find your perfect pair of glasses today. 
Today's show is also brought to you by Every Plate. Experience full plates and fuller wallets with Every Plate, America's best value meal kit. Every Plate dinners are the cheaper, healthier alternative to takeout or delivery. Other dinner options cost around $10 per serving, but Every Plate offers five chef designed recipes each week from only $4.99 per serving. One meal at $4.99 is the same price as that cup of coffee you buy every day. And now I mean you buy, because I don't drink no damn coffee. Okay. I've decided. I don't want my stomach, you know, doing somersaults, duggies, and nanays all morning long because I've decided to ingest coffee. You don't drink coffee? No, I don't. Why As did a I much healthier because I'm always on 10 and I'm very black. Every but, now and then I grab me a cup and it is expensive. Well, it, my it morning coffee has that, become monsters. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, and the rock stars. Yes, yeah, I, I drink monsters. And those are definitely way cheaper because the coffee, it do be like $5 for a grande. And oh, it's what just the too damn much. The it rent is. and the coffee is too <laughs> damn high. Absolutely. Uh, and that's right where every plate comes into play. You know, it just kind of fills that void. You can take that money away from the coffee and or monster-esque drinks. Mm. And then you can put it towards every plate for only four ninety nine. Now, every plate's recipes are easy to follow and they come together in about 30 minutes. So you can get back more time to apply and good food with family, okay? Uh, every plate does the meal planning, shopping, and prepping for you, taking the time, stress, and guesswork out of cooking because who in the hell wants guesswork while they cook? <laughs> now, what I love most about every plate, this is just for me personally, again, referencing my very, my, my degree of very, when it comes to my blackness, the taste is what is most important to me. Yes, the efficiency is appealing. Yes, the ease of the signing process is appealing to me. But the taste is what's most appealing. And every plate had good flavor, bursting out of everything on that plate, on every plate. Mm. It was just good. I could tell they had used some seasonings, and I was grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, for that. So, uh, you, you know, know what I love about every plate? Because mm-hmm. I, I got that box finally. Mm-hmm. Every plate gives you everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good, you yeah. made it. Yes, oh, and you always cute. see those reality shows where the people that can't cook, like they pull out their like containers or some food that they got from takeout. Mm-hmm. The fact that every plate gives you everything, so instead of putting out the fake food or whatever, you can actually put out the ingredients and take the time to make it, and it's convenient and quick. It's That's easy. right, you did it. Amen. <laughs> so, for six free meals across your first three weeks. And free shipping on your first delivery. Go to everyplate.com and enter code FRIENDZONE6. This offer equates to one-third off each of your first three boxes when you go to everyplate.com and enter code FRIENDZONE6. Your kids. I think because, especially because we live in a day of social media, <laughs> it needs to be authentic, however it is. So, like, if you are an actor and you is you gay, to, absolutely. <laughs> like, is you gay? Like, like if that's Can like we a, name this episode? Yeah, yeah. is you gay? Yeah, because pretty much, because pretty much. That, Sadly, when you walk into a room, but but look, that's a question you got to ask yourself sometimes when you walk into a room, like, is you gay? Like, you got to be, you know, masculine or not offensive or like at whatever stage you might be at in your gayness. Like, if you're not, like, if you're constantly thinking about what people think about you, if they find out that you're gay, you're always walking into a room. Like, is you gay? Like, trying to figure out if people are looking at you a certain way or if you're carrying yourself a certain way. But to that... You not look at me that way. Right, like, leave me the fuck alone. No, don't look. Don't give me the look. You know it's a look. <laughs> they think it's a look. It's a, it's a, it's a gaze. <laughs> yeah. Look, and look, it's a gaze. Yeah, okay. <laughs> G-A-Y-Z. Right, it, right. I've always thought about that, too. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't get me started. We'll have to come back to that. Z-snaps. <laughs> <laughs> Hug the horn on them, Greg. <laughs> 
Never mind. <laughs> I was about to be problematic. Listen. <laughs> um. I, so I just. I just want. It's to a say. bicycle horn. No. <laughs> no. I just wanted to say that it sucks that you can't. Oh God, see, Dustin. See. See. How you go see? On behalf of the delegation. <laughs> It sucks. Go ahead, man. It would Go ahead. Suck if it was on behalf of navigation. No. Oh, Which half? You are not going to be able to get to this. And it's not even. I'm going to lose it. Okay. It sucks that half of the delegation. That's. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks that you really can't just choose to be yourself and like say, hey, you know what? I'm going to be a human being today and just walk right. out the house mm. and treat everybody that like cool and like fine. Like, because you know how I am. You know that even though I'm black and I'm gay, I'm still from the South. So I still wear my Southern hospitality hat a lot. So I still sometimes will get up for a woman on the train. Like these like little certain human things. Like I can't think about that because remember the white woman gets on the train. She hit me with her damn bag and is looking at me like I did something wrong to her. Like, so now I'm That's wearing you gotta my... gotta be like, damn, bitch. Oh, God. And because friend was sitting there, my Southern hospitality was still sitting. So we I did not. <laughs> Can you imagine, friend? Damn, bitch. I was like, like, That's how I... Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I, and I wanted to. I wanted Fred, we're to. We're looking to discuss. Damn, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> If we we would have been looking unison. at each other like Diddy and that dude. <laughs> <laughs> Stop to make the fucking bag. And you know what? One of my never mind, never mind. Because I done got okay. So whatever. This go is ahead, the only messy part I'm gonna give y'all. Because I done got into it before about that bumping into it shit. Uh-huh. And when I felt like the accusation was tinged, because I've been on both sides of that spectrum, mm-hmm. like bumped into me, and then I got bumped into so before. And when it be and be. <laughs> Bicycle. No, <laughs> Yo. Cyclist, bye. So anyway, okay, so, but I could not believe one time that the assumption was made, like, I was bumping into them because they thought I was gay. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, oh, like, 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 like you, gotta, you, gotta, you can't be, you, you oh, baby, oh, you I might be at like a concert. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got to rewind that. Long story short, I was at a concert, a straight, you know, a concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a group of my friends who were gay. Um, and, and you could tell, you know, conversations had niggas was drinking, having a good time. So whatever, people were comfortable. Mm-hmm. There was a guy in front of me, long story short, who accused me of bumping into him, but he tinged his accusation with a little homophobia. Like, hey, dog, you're going to have to back up. Like, you can't, can you back up? You're going to have to back up. Like, you can't be bumping into me like that. You know what I'm saying? Line at a bar. So we're in the, the, you know, in like the arena space at one of the bars on the, you know, going around the bend. Mm-hmm. And so when he accused me of that, I just politely informed him, like, well, you think I want to fucking touch you? <laughs> you think I want to fucking touch you, you motherfucking vagabond, dirty ass nigga? I'm like, and bitch, you dumb for being up here with her. Like, I just went off on him and her, and I was cracking jokes while I was doing it. So people who were around, think about it. We had a concert, people drinking. Yeah. 
They were laughing. With the audacity. Yeah, like, so, like, yeah that's like, what I'm saying. Don't, don't gas yourself. <laughs> Do you think I want to touch you? Let me explain to you why I don't and why you a dumb bitch for being with this nigga. <laughs> That's how the conversation went. Damn. You know what? And not that I'm saying wow. she's a dumb bitch, but mm-hmm. it that was does what make... I had said. <laughs> <laughs> but it does make you think too, like how much we play into. Not that we. I don't. I can't do anything about anyone's right, homophobia, right. but I can also not be a part of it. Right. You know what I mean? And I've always been very mindful of that. I remember because. Um, homosexuality in my family it's I've told you guys this before like I'd say 50% of my dad's side they're they're gay yeah. lesbian like and it's you just still ain't showed us the <laughs> so I could go shopping and so I remember having this it's wild that you even have to have these kinds of conversations but yeah. I remember when I was in my relationships and the thought of kids may have came up you know come up with two of my partners we were kind of getting to that headspace I remember having to have that convo because I was like there's a big possibility that we are going to have a homosexual child and I need to know that I am not going to raise a kid that's going to be traumatized. It's just not going to happen. It's not an option. Thank God for you. Yeah, and I had to have that combo with them and tell them straight up, I will leave you now Mm -hmm. before that even becomes something that's a possibility. So let's make it clear. And that was something that was wild to me that like, Granted, we weren't even pregnant, nothing, but I just had to know because I wasn't going to even partake in sharing my life like that with someone who had that limited thing. You're right. I you know told you I mean? last week you was a good woman. Hmm. You did. <laughs> I ain't trying to break up no relationships or nothing, but y'all need to have these talks with y'all men. It's true, though. Cause it's some of y'all, so true. Because some people will even be putting their friends in certain situations when... <laughs> I can't even believe. I'm, Wait, what do you I'm mean? I'm just thinking about certain, like, back in Atlanta, like, one of my homegirls, her boyfriend was mad homophobic. And so I used to be, I used to drive, so everybody would always ride with me, and I pulled up, and we were at the restaurant. It was me, three of my gay friends, and my homegirl, her boyfriend. And he's like, <laughs> just think of this. Just <laughs> Serious? And, yeah. And so I was, and so I literally, you know, I'm green as hell, so I'm like, what's your problem? And he's like, you man, y'all doing all this extra stuff and stuff like that, like, like, I understand y'all gay or whatever, but y'all don't got to show everybody or tell everybody. And wow. I'm just sitting up here just like, wow. <laughs> so we're going to leave. And then I remember the other guys laughing. And, and they literally were like, we're going to wait outside. Because they literally, like, we had, it's like, we've done this before. And so it was literally just a laugh that you think that we want to sit here and be with you. We want to see our homegirl. We actually didn't want to see you at all. We didn't know you were right, coming. Like, You're not a thought. And we, we all, didn't invite you. We laughing, having a good ass time. And then one of the guys, he was tr- trying to like, because he was... <laughs> Pause. Where who where were you guys? Who were they at? Like? We were, it, it was a Taco Mac. So there's this Taco oh, okay, Mac in Atlanta. Okay, 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 okay. And so we at the Taco Mac, and, and you know, I have a, gay friends that like sports. I have no idea what the fuck is going on, but they want to see the game. We want to see our homegirl. Like, but the dude is just so mad about us being there. And it's like, you ain't supposed to be here. Like, you're the one ruining our space, and you're acting like you're uncomfortable, but you're in our space. You need to have some respect. And I think it's so odd that people don't realize when they're like dead ass wrong. Like, you said, <laughs> y'all got to tell everybody. Like, 
everybody's on the conversation. You are, and you're not even worried about that. Like, and we're all chilling. Why are you the chilling. only one? And it, and with ruffled feathers. Again, to my point, if this was at the top, rhinestones Mac. on your glasses. Ain't no nigga. <laughs> oh my god, with rhinestone Gucci glasses, finna tell me I'm gay, dog. Fuck you. We finna get it on. Oh Period. This happened at the Taco Mac in downtown Atlanta, the gay one, around the corner from the damn Bulldogs. Like it's like at the gayest places where there'd be like some homophobic ass persons. Like, why did you do this to yourself? Like you obviously wanted it, or you trying to see what it's about, and you're triggered. I don't know what your problem is, but don't come at me for your shit. It's your shit. Now we always talk about walking through. Neighborhoods and different blocks where there'll be groups of men, mm-hmm. and oh, the, oh. and the fear, even just the anticipation of like having to walk through, is that the same feeling for you? Not no more. Not well, mate. Yeah, you, you, that that's a real thing, and it's something that you have to. That again, this is your own personal right constitution. You know what I mean? Like you figure out how you manage yourself. Yes, yeah, different like, for everyone. The but. same thing takes place. You have to think about spaces like the barber shop. Mm-hmm. You have right, to think right, about right, like right, sporting, right. like football games, um, sporting events with your other family members. If you have to go and you're not even interested in sports, but you want to participate, and you have to think about spaces where those kind of jokes may be told and things like that where people may not automatically know that you are a person who engages in homosexual sex but they're speaking about their disdain for them what are you going to do do you feel like it's a personal challenge or is it something that you can ignore and you feel comfortable with you have to think about all of that shit how do you pick and choose when to ignore it I don't you just ignore it all the time or you never ignore it I don't never ignore blatant disrespect Mm, Mm. real so and that because I feel like I, I I I bunch it under the, under the uh, umbrella of every type of disrespect. Just because you're insulting me about what you think about my sexuality, you're still insulting and disrespecting me. So there's not going to be a different reaction than it would to anybody who disrespected me in any kind of way. You, I, I'm not going to be afraid to, you know, stick my foot in your ass because you called me a faggot. Just like I'm not going to be afraid to stick my foot in your ass because you called me a nigger. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's all disrespect. Calling me saying your mama, you know what I'm saying? Calling me, uh, you know, gay slurs. All that is simply disrespect. It's just that kind. So that's the way that I choose to respond. But that's me, and that's what works for me. And, you know, I, I pray that I don't even have to make those types of decisions anymore in my life. I pray that I'm in spaces where I don't have those concerns. And I pray that for everybody. Yeah. But when you are, you know what I'm saying? Take care of yourself and understand that people don't give a fuck about you at all and will literally physically harm and hurt you. So it's up to you to literally protect your physical self when you are in situations. That's all I have to say. I have a lot of history on my block now between like (laughs) just living there for so damn long. So like there were many years that I did not walk down my block because I lived closer to the corner. So there were many years where I didn't even walk down my block. Like I would go all the way around or just try to maneuver to where I could end up right there at that corner just because I was terrified. Like there were some weeks to where it was like shootings in the summertime. So there was always some shit going on or people crying or the cops always blocking the shit off. So I was like, let me just go around now. Like, because especially as a black gay man, like people would sometimes like way back before they would like be talking to me by what's up, what's up or say some shit. And like, I don't know what the fuck they're trying to say. I'm just ignoring it because I don't really need to know what you're saying because I'm not trying to talk to you like so it's kind of odd when I walk down the street now and I don't feel that at all because I walk down the street like 
pretty much sauntering and dancing because I know everybody know like what's good in the hood and no one's caring. And then I end up in spaces like the barbershop where I see people can be kind of open because um, it's Dominican barbershops. So I feel like the culture is way different in a Dominican barbershop. And I like to go to a Dominican barbershop and prefer that over a black barbershop just because of thinking about being younger and being in those spaces and, you know, men talking to you all kind of crazy or you just hearing them say a little homophobic shit any damn way. So you just know it's kind of like, well, for me, I just did not feel like it was the best place for me to be. Like even growing up, I'm like, I'm not going to the black barbershop because these niggas are in here talking about ignorant shit. And I went to this barbershop on 125th Street. I'm not going to say which one. And I'll never forget they were in there having an ignorant fucking conversation. And I was like, this is why I don't come to the black barbershop because I don't want to hear y'all talking. Like, <laughs> so that's why I go to the Dominican barbershop. They talking about whatever, but the music be good in there and everybody's happy. They're not being ignorant. And there. also... The Dominican barbershop ain't gonna treat you funny by wearing tight jeans. <laughs> exactly. Oh They're gonna ask you where you got them from. So, you or know, having your eyebrows done. Absolutely. And you gotta, I you wanna, gotta tell them not I to I wanna touch clarify your too my statement about not <laughs> tolerating disrespect too, because there are, as I sit here and, and think, there are instances where you have to make smarter choices, right? So if I am out somewhere with you, friend, you know what I mean? I'm not gonna necessarily just be I'm gonna try to let certain things go and slide and just move you away from the right. conversation. You know what I mean? You have to do that. Like, like there's, there's things, there's things, there's times, and there's concessions you make for the sake of keeping peace and for keeping chaos and, and trouble out around. of your life. Yeah. yeah, and being safe. So there are times where you may be comfortable with ignoring stuff, or it's simply just you know it's not that big of a deal. You can let it go. So I just wanted to Damn. make sure that that was yeah. stated. One of the times that happened was that pride. <laughs> At Pride? Yes, when we was at that white party and the security guard wouldn't back down. Oh, that's right. <laughs> sec- and Greg had to read his ass. Oh, that was so stressful. <laughs> we were My all sitting there like, no. And it was his ego. And, and you know what? I don't know if everybody read the situation that I was reading because I was really just trying to, you know, calm it down. But it was his ego because he was feeling like he was being punked. And for me, I was like, it's just because you feel like he's being... Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I totally and that's why that. Because Fury it. was lighting his ass on Going fire. Out. And the thing about it was I was outside enjoying the sidewalk. Yes, I remember. <laughs> and then when I came back in... And I'm glad you place. was enjoying the sidewalk. Actually, because been... I know had you been standing there when it first kicked off, mm-hmm. no, I would not have been, been able to save it. I, like, I was literally just trying to save it because all y'all were there. Yeah. Had it been a, well, I don't know, but I was like, oh, kids here and all these people here like, this can't happen right here. But the nigga did deserve it. When he was getting red, I wanted to say, no, nah, you should, you actually should take this L. You deserve it. It's like, I was like, let me just not do this because this can still go left and I'm trying to not have this happen. But yes. And then holidays, holidays. with family where you would think that would be the one place you could be safe. With people who love you and know you and have known you since you were a kid. And for most people, that's like the scariest time of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How have holidays ex- holiday experience has been for you guys? Just make sure you do the tree and the lights and decorations. They won't bother you because you're going to do it better than everybody else. <laughs> oh, my God. So that'll be your in- No, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, <laughs> <clears throat> it's a tricky thing with family. Some people have support, some people don't. And that is something that's very black and white. So those who don't experience that support probably wouldn't even be, as they become an, an adult and able to kind of choose what their experiences are, they don't even go home. They create like, you know, friends friends that become family mm-hmm. and have holiday celebrations within those groups. That's really, really common now. Um, and yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, most often people move away from their family 
and kind of blossom into their fullest self and then decide whether or not they're comfortable taking that confidence back into that family space and reestablishing your footing that way. And some people just say the hell with it and never do it. So it just depends, unfortunately. There's no formula. There's no, you know, um, things that you could do to maybe lessen the the Love impact it. of yeah of your presence, you know, merely irritating right. someone. It's nothing you can do about that. So yeah, you just kinda gotta either be like fuck them and show up or not. If you have that problem, sometimes, like I said, there are people whose families love and embrace them. Yeah. A lot of people's parents and family come around. They may initially, you know, expect a little, I mean, express a little bit of resistance, but sometimes that changes over time. Yeah. There's a lot of different scenarios. Um, so that's kind of how that goes. But shout out to everybody who has found um, their friends who have become family, their chosen family. Yeah. Um, that's one of the great things about the ballroom community and the house structure. Um, those 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 families that are created and those bonds are respected just as much if not more than a natural bond as family so shout out to all of that shit that's great and the Christmas decorations be the shit <laughs> so a few different things and I'm gonna try to tie back into the holiday you might have to remind me mm-hmm. um, something I wanted to say earlier was I remember I can remember several times in New York City where I'd be on a job like and I've worked in restaurants so restaurants I feel like uh, I've always worked with gay people in restaurants, but I always had experiences where sometime or another I'd have to come out. And for me, I always think back to when I first came out to my mom and how I like, I remember it was like April Fool's and I was like, I'm gay. And she was like, oh, okay. And then like later on, I, cause I felt weird by saying that there. And I was like, later on, I was like, uh, April Fool's. And she was like, okay. And so then I was like, really? Yeah. You took it back. <laughs> yeah. And, she, and then later on, I was like, um, I think the day, the day after that or something, I was like, um, so remember how I said I was gay? That's April Fool's. Well, it wasn't April Fool's. And she was like, okay. Cause she really didn't care. And like my mom had, <laughs> yeah, mom. she had gay friends. So it was kind of like, you know, you saying that. So, so I think that's why I'm so like, as a matter of factly about my sexuality. Cause she was like, mm. I seen it when I was younger. Like, so for me, when I see a person that's a feminine or whatever, I don't give a fuck. Cause it doesn't affect me. Like there's, no reason for it to move me unless it's inspiring me which I like but um outside of that I think about that and having to do that and when I've been on the job and people like you're gay I didn't even know you were gay and at some point you know I used to want to be like well because bitch that's none of your fucking business you know it's because you talk a little white Exactly. So they don't know if I'm being like nerdy or right. whatever. Like they can't really read into it as homosexuality. So they're like, they're like, damn, now I'm connecting. You're not like a, you're not real white. You just gay. Like that. It's like opening wow. another door for them. But for me, it's like, bitch, we at work serving tables and shit. Why the fuck would I tell you that? Like I'm not trying to sleep with you. So I had to like learn to turn that off because I really always wanted to be like, what does it matter? So that's why I always look at people in certain situations where they'd be like, oh, I don't like even internalized homophobia with the gay community. And I'm going to try to double back to this holiday thing and be. No, no, no. These are all like I think about amazing layers. I think about uh, (laughs) I don't even know how to tackle this. That's what I'm trying to be real weird about it or try not to be rather um, uh, people in positions like in the gay community. It's a very big deal. Like what position you play? Like, are you a top? Are you a bottom? Like compatibility. Right. And then outside of compatibility, there goes that mask femme thing. So it's like if you enjoy whatever sexually, you can't be too feminine. Or for some people, they like they prefer you to be a, a certain amount of feminine. Or if you're too masculine, it's too aggressive. It's a turn off. Like there are all these like little like weird mixy layers that gay people have to deal with within ourselves. So when people are like. Oh, I couldn't even tell you were gay. 
it's like you're it's I'm not talking to you <laughs> like I, this is I'm trying to perfect how feminine I want to be or conforming or non-conforming like I'm trying to perfect all these different things so I can attract what I want and it's not you so why are you even in my business so I think about family right I came out to my mom. She didn't really give a fuck. My sister knew. Like, these are people that are, like were in my immediate household. Um, as I moved to New York, you know, I haven't, I didn't see them as much for a long period of time. But now I'm on this journey to like rebuild my family and like be part of like, you know, the cousins and everybody and really get to know everybody. And so for me, I'm openly gay, but it's really not on the table to really talk about because it's like, unless you, you know, you have a nephew and you want to guide him through that or something like that. It's not like, oh, yeah, you know, that's the gay, the gay right. stuff. That, the you gay know, cousin. And it's like, I can be that in your eyes, but I don't need to hear that because I don't care about that. So leave me out of that. So when I go home for the holidays and stuff like that, I, I'm having a good ass time and I'm being happy. But unfortunately, because of all these different layers, you're always like TTG, whether you want to be or not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And for some people that that TTG, like, you know, trying to go it, it might be fight, read, or it might be remove yourself, you know, tell another lie, like whatever you need to do to hide yourself or, or not be in a situation. And you bring up a good point about having to come out often. Is that something that with coworkers or in any social situations that you feel comes up regularly where it's like, you you know, you're cool with a coworker. Do you ever feel the pressure to be like, I sh- he should know this? I, I didn't feel the pressure because I and the reason I brought that up is one of the things that I actually at some point used to not get off on. But I used to like be like, all right, bitch. So like we about to play this fucking game. But I'm about to like beat you to it. And I would say something outrageous about my sex life just so they knew what time it was mm. just to go on ahead and be like, all right, you, so you want these hoes. Like, let me just go on ahead and say, so like, oh, so what are you doing this weekend? It's like, oh, well, I'm going out to drink with my homies. We're going to the gay club and hopefully I'm going to find some dick or something. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you? No. <laughs> really? Uh, oh my God. And it's like, mm-hmm. And that's it. And then it's boom, done. And that's it. And, but it's like, I don't have to do that. And sometimes I just do that shit just to see what you're going to say and if you're doing all the extra shit. And I'm, I think it's cute, like, maybe. But sometimes I'll be like, yeah, and it's really not that big of a deal. I only told you that because I know you're friends with Tom and he's two doors down. So I need you to, like, you know, be on watch. You make sure you don't got no other niggas he's trying to see. <laughs> something like that. What about you? Is that something that comes up often? <laughs> Oh gosh! <laughs> nah, but um, yeah, it's something that you think about. Um, I'm a person who really enjoys social settings. I like. I'm a conversationalist. I like to think. Yeah. Um, and so I enjoy talking to people, and references come up, questions are asked sometimes, and ultimately each occurrence because it happens often anytime you meet someone new there's topics of conversations that may occur that will require that information you know or whatever so you have to be prepared for that to continue happening it's not something that's ever going to stop um and you kind of take each well not you i should say i've kind of taken each opportunity as practice even up until now mm-hmm. it's something that you think about because there's always um the the chance that they'll respond negatively to that. There's the chance that there will be something to even interpret or figure out about their response. So it's a consideration. It's not something that is essentially like um, threatening or intimidating. You know what I mean? Anymore. 
but it it very easily can be, especially yes. when you start thinking about like professional opportunities where your personality is relevant um, to you even being considered. And you have to think about maybe if that's a reason why you're being um, denied opportunity, just all sorts of things to think about in different times um, where that is something that's a consideration. So it continues to happen and you just have to kind of play it as you wish. I don't feel like everybody needs to know who I sleep with. So um, it's not something that I like to lead with. I don't feel like it's necessary, but it's also not something that I'm hiding from in conversation. It's not something that I'm afraid to tell someone. And it's also something that I actually look forward to revealing to people Mm -hmm. because it spices shit up. It makes it interesting. (laughs) Like, and by the Spicy. way, I'm also gay. You know what I mean? <laughs> then there's that. Right. So, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and my last question. So I was watching A Million Little Things, mm-hmm. a show that we oh, all mm-hmm, love. Mm-hmm. Oh. And you know how one of the characters has a gay son? Or not? Is that the wrong show? I ain't caught up. Oh, sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> the, yes, the yes, fact that y'all yes, look yes. so confused, I'm like, is this oh, the wrong show? He, he, no, he, he combines he, in the guy I, that's ill. Yes, 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 okay. yes, yes. I am caught. Well, I do know that. Yes. <laughs> but you see how on the show, I was like, is it the wrong show? No, because I forgot about that part. And I was like, oh, damn, was you right? Yes. But you see how there was like an embracing of it. Yeah. Yep. He didn't really meet any challenges yeah. in revealing that to his support system. When it's dis- portrayed like that, do you think that that's a good thing that it's inspiring or do you think it's not realistic? Because when I saw it, I was like, oh, wow, I didn't see that coming. You know, that it was just right. like it was almost like, OK, you're gay. Great. And then they moved on to the next thing because right. it just wasn't even going to be like the challenging part of the episode. And I was like, OK, plot twist. So to me, that was realistic. OK, but cool. at the same time, I also know that. Just from uh, the people that I've met and talked to, it's not common. Okay. And that's just from conversations that I've had. Because when I tell people I've come out and they're like, oh, your parents okay? I'm like, yeah. And I met like tons of people that are like, oh, yeah, my parents know they love me, blah, blah, blah. But I've met tons of people. Their parents know. They've been put out. Like, right. they, did, they never came out. They still hiding it. Like, shit like that. So when I saw the little boy was able to kind of confide in someone and he was just like, oh, well, it doesn't even matter. I was like, well, cool. Like, I want people to take this more as a teachable moment than to say, this shit, like, this don't happen. It don't go down like that. But, you know, think pieces and shit. Yeah, I mean, I just wondered, like, was that inspiring for people to think, like, wow, that's a world that we should clearly live in? Or did people find that triggering? Like, that was the fuck not my (laughs) experience at all and why y'all making it seem like that? I'm fine with that story being told that way because I think it is necessary for people to see um, it normalized. The coming out process, I guess, normalized, especially with um, someone that young. I think that that was great for families and the the audience that watches that show to see. Right, right, right. Especially middle America. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I think this is a great opportunity to highlight the brilliance of Lena Waith's uh, Thanksgiving episode mm. of Master of None on Netflix, you know? That's how you tell that story. And that was right. a great place for that story to be told. And that's why it garnered so much attention and, and won, won Emmys for that work because yeah. it was that special. And someone did take the opportunity to show a different perspective of what the coming out process is like for someone black, especially. Um, and the references were so spot on to what a lot of us know that experience to be like. It resonated and that kind of caught a wave and look what we have now. So I think that's a great example of utilizing your platform to tell the stories that you feel are important. And, you know, it's it's just a choice. It's a choice that the writers make. So, yeah. oh, 
beautiful. Now I want to just tie in my wellness segment mm-hmm. into this combo because I just think it's just such an important conversation. And mental health obviously mm-hmm. is our focal point on this show. So you guys know how much I love you and I support you and I mm-hmm. literally do anything for you guys, whatever you need in mm-hmm. any realm of life. So you're going to show me your, the other side of your family now? <laughs> no, like, 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 so here I brought my family. <laughs> hey, line them up, line them up. No, <laughs> no, but I think a lot of people don't know how to be a support system. I've seen it where, you know, parents have a gay child. They don't know how to be a support system, even friends and coworkers and whoever else is in your life, wherever there's interpersonal dynamics. What advice can you give to those listening who aren't gay and want to want to cover the gay people in their lives with a lot more love, intentional love and intentional support without being, you know, heavy handed. But just like what's the right way to go about it? I think the right way would be to do your best job at serving in whatever capacity you are, you whatever capacity you are supposed to serve in that person's life. So if you have a gay child, be the best mother you could be to your child, regardless of them being gay. Yes. Be a good mother. If you're a sister or a brother, be a good sibling to your gay brother or sister, whatever that means. If you're a friend. Be a good friend. All you have to do is stay true to the intention of the role you play in that person's life and you can't miss. There's nothing to make sure you check in on or anything like that just because they're gay. Right. Not being patronizing. Right. Exactly. Just simply whatever service, you know, whatever role you play in that person's life, just be the best version of that service as you can and you will nurture the relationship. That's simple. I felt that in my chest. I want to say be mindful and be open, but don't be extra. <laughs> right. That's why I'm like, because not heavy handed. What's the right way to ooh, do so it? So, you know, Ryan, you're like, yes, Ryan, I heard you gay now. It's like, uh-uh. Ryan, <laughs> just because he gay don't mean he like all the yes, honeys. Don't girl me, girl. Like, oh, God. Like, oh, girl. And you know what? Every homegirl of don't mine. Don't call you bitch When you day. my homegirl, I'll give you the pass because I know you just think that you like, are you used to it or whatever. But everybody knows it's like, I don't call me girl. So that's why everybody's like, oh, sorry. And I'm like, I know it's fine but just don't <laughs> like like that's I, a big one though it is but it's also like i'm from atlanta and i remember like all of the gays like all of the girls girling me so it's like now after getting away from them and i love them to death and be like girl leave me alone and then i have my home girls talking about oh, girl and i'm like i'm not your girl because we can't talk about homeboy shit sometimes but friend we do sometimes so that's why when you accidentally slip up i'm like well you know we we having girl talk right now <laughs> Because, you know, we've been talking about some things. And we be on and, the train talking about some things. And honestly, it's <laughs> it's through your openness and your mindfulness that I'm able to, like, talk to you about certain things. Yeah. Because some people just not into it. Like, so you might have some friends. And that's okay. If you're not into it, don't be into it. And don't pretend you are. So that way we don't really got to talk about it. Because mm-hmm. that way, it, one of my homegirls, her homeboy, I mean, her uh, boyfriend, He's not homophobic, but you could tell he just kind of like, what's up? And he keep his distance. If he was ever to come to me and have questions about whatever, because he's always been respectful, I would, you know, be sit down and talk to him. But there are certain people you could tell they don't really want to. It's just never going to hit for them. Right. And you just got to leave them people alone. 
And then you have people like Tristan. Shout out to Jay's Shout out husband. To Tristan. We, I always talk about what an amazing black man he is. Yes. <laughs> he's from the islands. And he's from the islands. You yes. Know? And he's the shit. Jade and I were talking about that earlier, how he's just dope. Like, he chose everybody. He's just and cool. it ain't he a thing. Ain't, no, ain't, ain't no thing. Ain't nothing. <laughs> and y'all be talking about crazy shit in front of him. And he be like, damn, man. <laughs> I, I know. I've I love that crazy shit so much. I love that, though. Tristan is a cool person in general. Yes. And so, I don't know. Like, that's my friend. Yeah. You feel me? And I think, like, that, and it has absolutely nothing to do with anything. I mean, yeah. So, that's all I have to say. Because I don't even, it's not a big deal to me that he's, you know, cool. That's how everybody should be. I'm just right. grateful that he's that dope because he's around so many different types of his wife's friends. You know what yep. I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's close quarters a lot of times. And he's always just been himself. It's not that he made concessions to be nice to the gay people. He's just literally, every time you've been around him, he's been 100% authentically himself. And that's yep. it. And because of and that. And putting on or nothing. Because of just... him being sincere, you were able to actually build a relationship with him. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. So, And it's know. something with their family, too, because his brother, so he just they is cool. cool. Just, just cool, cool people. Like, and look, I look for that. I'm so serious. And like, you should. I'm letting you know now. Any partner I'm with, and you saw I, my ex. I was just about to Asante, say, friend. Listen, I was just about if y'all to saw my ex, you would not think that he would be cool with it friend, because he had grills and you tats took the and thought right out of my head, like everything that it's not. But let me tell you, him and Asante would see each other because Asante would walk me home, and then he would come down to mm-hmm. make. To, it was like y'all would pass, and he would hug Asante mm-hmm. and be like, "I miss you, man." Mm-hmm. And that used to make my heart. I'm like, that's so dope. Because you know what it that is. That makes me respect him because it's like this is all authentic interaction. Yes, that's and, it. And that's that's what's important. Like when it's you're just a cool person, and like when you, and you my homegirl. So the fact that you was with a cool person, uh, it just says so, so much about the to, both of us. Hell yeah! And that to me means a lot because hell my yeah. partner is a representation of where my mind is at. My value system doesn't mean that we're gonna believe all of the same things, but there are some. Some things that are deal breakers for me. Like being a Republican. Like being a Republican. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, being someone who would try to put limitations or believes mm-hmm. that there are people who deserve limitations because of how they live or or even things somebody would be like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't knock you because of your choices. You're, even words like that, you know, right. like you just have to be mindful right. of how you talk about people. And so... That's something I look for, and I already know that my partner's in a <laughs> you be looking bomb because I Dustin never said you failed. You a good woman, friend. <laughs> he meant that. I know it. It's true. I've never failed in that arena. Every man I've been with, whether you know they had their issues or not, that was one thing I didn't play with, and they didn't play with. And That's even amazing. I told y'all that other ex said we were gonna have a kid, and I I was like, I have to let you know, you may have a gay Puerto Rican son. <laughs> and he was like, he at first he you know obviously jokingly he was like, dang. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but then he laughed and he was like, man, I would love that kid no matter what. That's I don't it. give a fuck. He was like, it's your kid. That's it. Anyone coming from you is is the best shit ever. And that's just what it is. And I was like, okay, we might have a kid then. <laughs> <laughs> so when I see certain people get mad about certain something and then a, like a woman and she's like, that's okay with your gay ass. Like, it'd be such a cop out to me. And then I'd be thinking about you going to end up with a gay nigga and you ain't even going to notice. And <laughs> Like, and it sucks, but it's like, because you over here worried about my gayness, but then you're going to meet someone and you ain't going to be actually reading into what the fuck they doing. So you're going to miss some things for That's real. That's how I felt about that lady. Honey. What's her name? Kim? 
the singer that was going off. Oh, Kim Burrell. Kim Burrell. I felt like that was coming from somewhere. All of the gay backup singers that have been <laughs> up and through there, like, I'm just like, come on now. And we didn't even get into the church. That's a whole other layer. No, but that's another episode. That's uh-huh. another episode. Yes. But, you know, I, I, I felt that it would have been a disservice if we didn't touch on this being that the two of you, I love you guys so much and I, I love how you guys think and how you share your personalities and your work and your craft and with everything going on, I'm like, how could we dance around such an important topic? So I'm glad you guys are open to it because I know sometimes when I try to go into the heavier topics, y'all are like, eh. <laughs> You know, you let but me I think smoke we, your hair, I'll talk about anything. But I think we did a good job. We Thank did. you guys for being open Thank to letting me, you know, prod you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, no. Damn. Oh, no. <laughs> that was the worst way to end That it. was because I was just about to end. Thank you, friend. <laughs> <laughs> Peggy Bundy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, that's the title of the episode. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Here's a quick and free way to finally stick to your New Year's resolutions. Start listening to podcasts on Spotify. With more than 150,000 podcasts, including Oprah's Super Soul Conversations, The Tim Ferriss Show, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, and The Nutrition Diva, you can learn how to balance a budget, balance your diet, and how to feel balanced while meditating, even if you're still wondering if the cat's been fed. All podcasts on Spotify are free, and you can even download episodes for those times when you've gone off the grid, you know, to get all that newfound balance into your life. So start the new year off right with podcasts on Spotify. And on that note, we're going to slide on over to Mr. Music, man. Slide on over. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, friend. Thank you, guys. Thank you. you No, seriously, I'm so thankful. (laughs) Thank you for being open. That means a lot. You're talking to you about it, though. (laughs) Oh, no. That's it. I want to kick you. There's nothing I can say right. (laughs) Thank you for talking. (laughs) (laughs) all right well the music man segment was there was a lot of stuff i wanted to talk about so i'm just gonna try to quickly drive through it um i want to start with uh Issa ray hey i just love the fact that she's doing her um if you go to her YouTube channel, and I think it's going to be part of her uh, p- Patreon, which is actually why I'm going to, she's going to be my first like Patreon, like the first one I've ever subscribed to. Uh, she has a series called Pieces Of, and she did a, a couple episodes, one was, or songs rather. So she'll have artists come and perform. So the ones that I watched were Jasmine Sullivan. Oh, her mm. new series with artists. Yes. I saw the Jasmine yes. Sullivan one. Saw the Jasmine Sullivan one, um, saw the Teacher Moses one. And so I just wanted to highlight that. Um, I wanted to actually just talk about videos this week, a lot of content. I love to go out and enjoy the sidewalk. But when I'm enjoying the sidewalk in my house, I love to watch music videos and I love to smoke and just look at <laughs> the visuals. The sidewalk in my house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a walk inside. Indoor, outdoor living space. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so I wanted to talk about that series first just because it's dope to watch these artists who we love so much in these intimate settings that we sometimes either are A, not going to a concert to see because we don't get to see them, or B, we just don't get to see them like this because we don't get to see those certain shows depending on where you at. So it was dope to see them on YouTube under the, you know, party lights and Issa. Or they don't tour. Or they don't tour. Yeah. Because especially Jasmine Sullivan, you know, she always got something going yeah. on. You know, we always praying for her because I'm always praying for you, Jazz. Mm. Um, it's I'm just, still looking for In Vain. Oh. And not that new version, the original unreleased version of In Vain. I'm still looking for it. Please, if you got it, can you send it to me? <laughs> Dropbox uh, um, <laughs> no, you didn't. Listen, Jasmine Sullivan is one of those artists, you know, when she dropped, like, it's a, it's a moment. There's a lot of, like, <laughs> tracks that I'm not going to go down. Like, I just remember Kia, and I, all I can think about is her singing certain songs that mean a lot to the both of us. Mm. But, mm-hmm. um... Shout out to Chuck Harmony, because y'all know he worked on her last Shout project. out to Chuck Harmony. Because, <sighs> you know what? A moment. I know. And also a moment, uh... Damn, Teacher Moses... Like the musical moments that these people have said, and the fact that they're part of the series is dope. I so, heard. Sorry to interrupt, no, but Tedra Moses just um, did a concert performance where she kind of revealed that I "Be Your Girl." Know. Yeah, uh, "Be Your it, Girl" was about Nas. Yeah, it was. It was, about it was her on the series. Why was she going so was, hard on that's Khalees? That's what that was. It was on Issa Rae's series. It was on the oh, series. Yeah. But why is she going so hard on Khalees? I didn't understand that part. Uh, we don't understand that part, so maybe it's something we don't know. Who knows? Because artists very rarely just go in like that on that's somebody. That's true. Some had to some down. Had, yeah. That was like the tip of the... Because I was like, what? I mean, I love T.J. Moses. His wife at the time. So, his wife at the time. But I didn't really love it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I see him later. Say, but by that time, he picked the wrong girl. I was like, oh, well. So, yes. And that was definitely a, a, a show to watch. So, please, check that out on YouTube. Oh, I didn't realize I was from Issa's yeah, show. Yeah, okay, check it okay, out. Okay. Subscribe to the Patreon. You know... Issa's a mood. I'm rooting for everybody black. And you remember she said, I, I told her, you know, supporting black women. We love black women. And she said, show us. Ooh. So, you know, this is me following through Amen. and through. Hello. Like I don't watch Insecure or listen to Insecurity. Okay. <laughs> um, outside of that, I also want to talk about some music videos. I made a list of all the videos that I've watched. I'm not, I'm a forego listens lately, but I need to talk about a few things that dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to start off because we've, we've had this very important episode with Tiana Taylor. She dropped her Work This Pussy video. And Tiana Taylor has always been a house kid. So I just love the fact <laughs> that she has stayed true to that. Like she's always been that girl. Like I remember being young in Atlanta and seeing Tiana. Taylor, who was like, oh my God, Tiana Taylor, like from Harlem with the big in hair. Atlanta, it, with the uh, under the hat, <laughs> yeah, un, you know, shirt open and shit like that, with her bape, walking around like it's nothing, and then going into the little Vogue room because at the at this club they had two different rooms. It was like the main club where they played the hits, and then it was the Vogue room, and she used to just go in there and lay hands. Really? And, yes. You remember her? Yes. She used to. That's I remember. Official. I remember the people. <laughs> I remember the people she used to hang out with in the AUC, and I was laughing because I thought about that woman um, on Housewives talking about you know me because <laughs> people. I be was feel- that bitch because people Yovana be feeling like Clark. that. CAU. I, I feel like people be feeling like that from them <laughs> schools, and that's she was hanging out with some of the people from CAU or in Morehouse probably too in the club, and I was like, damn, they are getting it in. So to watch her years and years later with a music video. 
nod off to house culture and for her to fit so perfectly and miraculously and amazing in it and to show off all these faces and names it was amazing to me so I had to make sure I shouted out that because I actually if I'm being completely honest WTP was not one of my favorite songs when the project came out it was just not on my radar but a great visual will always save it and the visual was great and it had a great story so I love that apparently Junior Sanchez is uh gonna do the remix according to Azalea Banks I don't know if it's true or not but <laughs> damn here you go but, <laughs> but you know in case goes. it's true Junior's the homie I used to work with him when I was working on music so we have a, a long past and when I saw whenever I see his name pop up you know it makes my heart flutter because I'm happy for him so amen if that's the case and in this case it literally means under any circumstances <laughs> when she sees his name pop up <laughs> So when so if that's the case, I'm looking forward to hearing how he flips that because that's Me gonna too. be huge. Junior is a shit. It's, you know, it's gonna be a club banger. It, you know is, it is absolutely. Um, I also wanted to because we're in the gay the gay realm. Mm-hmm. I wanted to highlight Asian, an artist who mm. we've been tagged. Oh, I just been heard a song us. on um. I think Joe Budden played, you know how they be having sleepers on their podcast? Yeah. They play songs like, so I think that was his sleeper. I well, don't know when, but recently. Well, I remember when I talked about her before, but I would say her name was Asian. I was like, it's Asian with an H in there next to the N. I don't know. Because she's a, a homegirl of my friend Narissa. Shout out to Narissa. Out so on it's ASEAN? Uh, ASEAN. ASEAN. Oh, shit. I've been saying Asian. That's what, this is what I'm saying. Because, you know, people in the names, you don't know what to do. It's hard Look, nowadays. Black, I have to be YouTubing and interviewing of these artists to try to catch their name properly because we do puts, our research before we, we open do. our mouth Black still puts on his merch pronounced like black <laughs> like he, like his yeah I have a shirt that says that and then I saw him performing on some late night show and the bench said that or something like that and I was like okay. shout out to black shout out to him still bumping him um, yeah I wanted to talk about uh, Asian switch <laughs> Uh, the video for Like You is the uh, what she just dropped, and she actually just dropped the whole project. It's Love Train 2. Uh, Love Train 1 was the one that I was talking about before, where she had the song Faded on there. And uh, I said <laughs> I was talking about her after the Tiana Taylor song because she's gay. In the song, she's singing about her girlfriend. In the video, she's arguing uh, her girlfriend wait, at the beginning. Wait, how is Asi- Asi- why can't I? I'm not gonna remember Asian. She's okay. That's dope. So the, oh, the like you song. She's talking about a woman. Dope. Yes. Yeah. Now so, I hear it. And, and you know what? <laughs> so the reason I want to talk about her is because the video was so dope. Like the video, you know, dope colors, uh, great colors, beautiful colors, beautiful. Girl. But um, you know, they had the skit in the beginning where she arguing with her girlfriend. So I was like, oh my god, a skit, obviously. But the video was really dope and vibey. And at one point in the video, they uh, take it. Uh, it's not the audio anymore. It's like her performing at the party, and it sounds really, really dope. Like she's singing her ass off. So she's a really talented girl, and. I remember the reason that I know who she is is because, or the reason I heard her uh, last year was because she was coming up in this mix that I had with Lyrica Anderson back when I listened to her music. But that was just a small little side note. Outside of that, I've also been listening to, um, or watching rather, Tokyo just dropped her video for Baller Alert featuring Cash Doll. <laughs> Tokyo Jets looks amazing. Cash Doll looks amazing. And <laughs> Dustin. And also there's a cameo from Tokyo Vanity in a video, which is really funny to me because they're both Tokyos. But um Cash Doll delivered on the track, which is really why 
Um, <laughs> wanted to highlight it because of the way she like served it up. But it was a great, great song. Um, song is called uh, Baller, Baller Alert. Alert. I love you, Cash Doll. I gotta uh, look. I gotta look it up. Oh, wait till you see what Cash Doll has on. Yeah, in the I video. already know yeah, she, she looks. Amazing. She looks great. Like, and and that's the thing. Tokyo Jess looked really, really good. But then I seen Cash Doll. I was like, well, look at Cash Doll serving up, and the way she just kind of like. <laughs> Oh hey, didn't see it there. Like her <laughs> movements, but she's still like selling you the sex in the line like she do. Uh, I want to talk about two more things, and then I'm gonna be out of your hair. Oh three, damn. Summer Walker dropped her clear EP. Oh shoot. Uh, put it on my grave, nigga. I um, saw a tweet about hey. it. So they did a whole like visual of her on Vivo, I think, or YouTube rather, of um her performing all these songs, and I think it was really really dope. I like seeing a tattoo, but they hide that a lot because I think maybe it's my hood ratness. I don't know, but Summer, I like the tattoo. Wait, they hide the tattoo? Yeah, you know she got that tattoo like on her face. Oh, they cover oh, yeah. it with makeup? No, it's just like her hair is down oh. like most of the time, so you can't really see it. Oh, got you. But I fuck with the tattoo. I hope you know. I hope she doesn't get it removed, but if she decides to, I respect her either way. I still want my face tattoo. <laughs> I kind of like the idea of it being behind her hair and you only see it like when she moves her when hair she or something. Like yeah. It, yeah. But she never feels like it. So I'm wondering, like, is this a conscious thing? Do you hate it now? What's maybe. up, Summer? She, maybe she just, when she watches it in videos, she don't like how it looks. Or maybe, maybe I'm thinking about it too much and she don't even care about it like that. Well, Summer, Bye I like that. it. So <laughs> I, I like the damn tat. Um, Clear is the name of the EP. There's a whole visual with all the tracks all together. Uh, and you can also listen to all four of them separately. Um... Lastly, in the visual segment I want to talk about is Lele dropped her oh, video for Lit. Love it. First of all, so the coming of Lele, right? <laughs> I am so happy that this woman is out here doing amazing things. And I say she's a woman mm-hmm. because she presents herself as such <laughs> and she will be respected as such. And she's a beautiful young woman that makes great music. And I think she's younger than Bow Wow was when he started out for real, for real. Really? So, well, you know, they try to say, oh, you know, Bow Wow is rapping since he's six. But no, not for real. Lele's the one with the hit for real when she's young. Um, so I wanted to shout out Lele because I remember talking about her before and I see sometimes that's will tweet about her and people will be negative about a child you guys negative just like little negative stuff like I remember one time when I was talking about Lele somebody was like well what are we gonna listen to a child talk about now and and I'm like I mean maybe it's not for you to listen to then look at Baby Shark why do I like damn Baby Shark that is not for me and why was it being played in the club because Mm -hmm. it go off (laughs) so if a a child wanna make a song that go off for children why not that killed me though that was funny as hell why not so I want to shout out uh, Lele she's the last visual person I want to shout out but I do want to shout out this one last music video because it takes me into their whole project but um Dawn dropped her project Mm -hmm. New Breed amazing Um, she also gave us the visual for Sauce haven't heard it yet um, the project is amazing. Amazing. I'm, I, I love Dawn. I love that she's always a moment. I love that she's always a vibe. And I love that she's always an artist. <laughs> like, there are just so many things I love about her. And I'm glad that I waited for it to come out and do, like, a start to finish as opposed to doing the early listen on NPR. Just so I could have, like, that magic of the moment knowing, like, all right, it's done. It's out, like, with her and for that. I felt that energy. Hope that was for me. So, yeah. Don Richard. That's the ending of my segment for the Music Man segment. Now I will listen to what you have been listening to lately, please. Oh, oh. Uh, what'd you forget? Uh, so while you're looking that up, I was mm-hmm. going to segue the music segment into the TV Land segment. Um, I just wanted to talk about, uh, I want to tell people if you didn't watch uh, BET's Finding series, uh, they did Finding Tweet. So definitely go check that out. What? Yes. Remember they did Finding Nivea? Yeah. So now they did uh, Finding Tweet. 
Oh, I'm watching that as soon as I get home. I was going to talk about it, but there were so many videos I want to talk about and so much. So I'm just like, no, just no, go no. Watch. Talk about it. Talk about it. Well, no, just watch it. Oh, okay. Once and then you next watch- week. Yes. Okay. Let me yes. get, put a pin on that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I have to watch all these videos. Yeah. Because the only one. No, I haven't seen any of them. I would say the only one. Summer I saw. Walker, ASEAN. Do you even see ASEAN? Mm-mm, I just know the song. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to watch Lele's video too if you haven't seen it because they do the words at the bottom and then it's like the black girl emoji face as like the, the oh, thing popping on. Oh, that's so And then cute. she in the video dancing too. And then they're like having fun at a school. Like it's very age appropriate, but right. still like modern and dope. And, and the dope thing is she's starting so young, which means she's only going to get better and that's better. Why I so her imagine her as a teen, as a grown woman, like. She's my, she's light years ahead yes. already. Yes. So I'm excited to watch her career flourish. Guess who got my nails done? And shout out to her mommy, Antonique. <laughs> Antonique is yes. another beautiful mommy woman. She's a bodybuilder on Instagram. You should definitely look her up. And she's one of my IG fitspirations. Wow. <laughs> she has them for like eight years. I've been following her for like ages. But she done worked out this baby now. <laughs> Make these dollars happen. <laughs> they literally look like twins. Remember I showed you yes. how they're twins. Spitting image is super cool. Yes. Um, okay, what have I been listening to? So I finally got a chance to check out James Blake. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It was kind of fascinating because I was like, what would a record with him <laughs> and Metro Boomin, <laughs> Travis Be, Scott? Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. Travis Scott is still doing his same flow, but it's just like super slowed down. Mm. <laughs> and then James Blake does the Travis Scott flow. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking he wanted to do the flow and instead of just swiping it, he was like, I'm going to bring Travis Scott on. Because mm. in the song, he plays with the Travis Scott flow. And in that's the way a great perspective. Yeah. You yeah, know what I think? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I find, I think that that's actually a really cool way instead of just swiping someone's delivery or the melodies that they tend right. to use. Put why a not? hole on the record. Right. <laughs> why not be like, let's do this together and flip a record? So I don't, obviously, this is all speculation, but that's kind of how I read it because it was interesting to hear James Blake do the Travis Scott like <laughs> melodies. I need to go back and listen to it. But I think they did a good uh, a good job. My favorite track on the the album is the one. It's called Barefoot in the Park featuring Rosalia. I'm not I'm not familiar with Rosalia, but she sounds great on the record. I hope I'm saying her name right. Is. If it's Rosalia, Rosalia. She gonna get Rosacea being barefoot in a park. <laughs> <laughs> but that was my favorite. <laughs> and then there's an artist called Lolo Zouai that I just discovered. Um, her last name is Z-O-U-A-I. And she's dope. I actually sent the song because she has a song called Jade. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to Jade. Jade and Jade was like, of course, this is your favorite. You love me. <laughs> but she has a song. Why is it not? This internet never loves me I'm in never the on studio. the Wi-Fi here. It's ever. just killed. You it know just... what? Let me get off of it. Um, she has a song called Desert Rose and a song called Jade, like mm-hmm. I said. And those are my two favorites right now. I'm still going through her discography. Oh, there you go. I got off the Wi-Fi oh, and I popped up. But I did. Down the road. <laughs> but listen to how pretty. This is Desert Rose. Mm-hmm. 
That's Lolo Zouai, Desert Rose, and then the Jade. And she actually has a song with Blood Orange. Oh, really? Yep, the Jade song. I know it's vibey as hell. It's super <laughs> chill. Yeah, I'll just play a little snippet of it. They have a, a video for it on YouTube that I, you're going to love, Asante. As soon as I saw it, I was like, Asante's going to yeah, eat this. Yeah, you got to send me the video now. Stacks, man. Right. That's beautiful. This is the Blood Orange song? Mm-hmm. Jade. Ooh, that's the one I sent to Jade. Jade. I was like, Jade. Jade. Look, that's gonna be her text ringer. She she sent you a text Jay. message. Your phone goes. <laughs> you know she was hyped. <laughs> okay. I would start singing. I should start singing that when she calls me. <laughs> and then wait till the blood orange part. <laughs> Murder. Yo, the way magic, he jumped on it, I was like, come on. They love springing a little crack on sound. And and you know what I love it because it's delivery. It almost like it's just never what you think it's gonna be. Yeah. And that, to me, that's the fun part of an artist when they don't hit you with the, with, you can like automatically sing along because you know how they're gonna write it. And he never does it. And so that Lolo Zouai, that's like probably my favorite discovery. I don't even know how I found her. She just kind of popped up somewhere. Her um, last name is really dope. Zouai, right? Um, who else? I'm trying to see who else, who else. Oh, you know, I fell back into the Mac Miller mm-hmm. rabbit hole and listening to his swimming record. Um, and you know what? Shout out to Jesse Boykins, my homie. I fell back into his project, his first project called The Beauty Created, because mm. it just recently hit 10 years. Oh, wow. And it was really weird. because give it some spins. Dude. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. He has a song called Amoris. And oh. <laughs> Amoris, you know, hello. Come on, Jesse hello Boykins. Now. <laughs> Ooh. Wow! You know, this song I always is tell ten this years ten old. years wow. old, man. Jesse is the shit. Always been. Damn! Isn't that crazy? Wow. Memories, man. You hear those musicians? Come on. See, this is what Tweet was talking about now. Okay, and what's Wait, missing? Yes. I love all music, but we can't front like this ain't missing. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> Here we go. She was way too far for me, but of course I did approach. Woo! I thought I'd break the ice a bit with like two or three notes. Lord, have mercy. She was way too far for me, so I tried to grow wings. Small lives to be compliments for maybe stretch out some things. She was a horse. Ooh. He 
setter maybe stretch out some things. Child. <laughs> wow, he been working with Mellow X since forever, huh? Oh yeah, they've been been. But some this is my favorite. I know. I was like Jesse, this is my favorite Jesse Boykin song, and I always sing it to him. He always cracks up because he's like, all these years, <laughs> that's still your favorite as many <laughs> albums as he's put out. <laughs> He's like, damn, friend, for real? It That's just is. Catalog. It just hits me, man. Yeah, um, songs like so that. there was randomly a day that I was playing in, in my house. And usually when I have my Jesse Boykins days, I'll like uh, text him a video of me in my <laughs> house listening to it. And then that's when he was like, yo, you know, that shit's 10 years old. I was like, what? Damn. That's insane. And that day I sent him the video, it was turning 10 that day. So that was like some intuitive craziness. But I have to shout out my friends. I have some talented ass people Hell in my yeah. life. And that song, oh, Come to My Room. Remember Come to My Come to My Room? That's another one. He had a video for it. He was like at an event. Yes, <laughs> you better play it. The video, he was at an event. I don't know if it was like Essence Fest or some kind of award show he took advantage of and like turned it into a video. Super brilliant. Genius. Genius. Friend, while you playing, you know what I never know I want until right now? What? A Jesse Boykins and Tweet song. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Why you fucking with it? No, we gonna and, tell and, and him wait, that today. When you after you watch tweet two, you gonna be like, ah. Oh, I mean, well, you already feel it. But after you watch two, you gonna be, oh damn, okay. Oh okay, okay. man, but shout out to Jesse. Just had to put some love out. He actually just had a show this past weekend in LA. Oh. Um, his first show back. He's kind of been in the cut, you know, recalibrating, cooking. reworking. Yeah, cooking exactly. And Maya, I texted. Her, I was like, how's it going? She was like, it's so good. <laughs> she said, you know. He be up there dancing his ass off. Going off. <laughs> so she said it was Shout amazing. Jesse, yeah, so I'm glad he's back out working on new music. The real Jesse Woo. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> we be like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> now. <laughs> what about you, Dustin? Oh, well, you have <laughs> No, no, no. I was going to ask, have y'all heard of Members Only? It's the crew that um, Ski Mask is a part of. I thought you were talking about the jacket. Well, yeah, I no, mean, no, no, I'm no, sure no, that's no. where they got it from. Um, but Ski... <laughs> she went from Jesse to Ski Mask. Members Only. That's also a blues song. It's a private party. <laughs> Don't need no... Uh, something to hang around. Yeah, it's a blue song. Go ahead. <laughs> Ski Mask the Slump God. Um, him. That's like their crew from from Florida. Mm-hmm. So it's like the crew that they came up with. But apparently they put out like a whole project, and they had a song called. <laughs> it's really good. Listen, you listening with your plant? It's the one that I know. My plant. Listen, my plants are multifaceted. They okay. grow to the beat. I know. Remember, I used to twerk for your plants. I used to go oh my in God, there. That's right. Remember? We have that video of Asante. Twerking Hell on my yeah. plans, but they love it. They they love it. Shit. They listen to Jesse. They listen to Ski plan. Master Slump God. <laughs> <laughs> to get down with my plans. But the uh, Members Only Project is dope. They have a song called Make Them Run. They have a song called Gassed Up. I sent it to y'all. I yeah, y'all I listen. saw it. I saw it today. That song is crazy. And then they have a song called Nothing. Those are my three favorite on that um, album. If it's for you, I know that's not for everybody. <laughs> but, you know, on I'm that side of my teenage angst, side of my personality, I've been loving that, that project. So, so you've yeah. you listening to Blueface, too? You know what? I try. I, I haven't <laughs> I haven't connected yet, but maybe I just haven't okay, heard so the right record. Did you listen to Tatiana? I did. Did you listen to the one with YG? 
No, I don't like, think so, so. So Tatiana's like the original, like the yeah, one that he got yeah, from. Yeah, that's the one I heard. And then he just dropped the remix with YG. Oh, and now, no, like, so I haven't heard the remix, oh, no. Okay. But, uh, you know, so his thing is that he he rap, he raps off beat. Like, that's the shtick. So I still... <laughs> I'm trying... He's cute, though. Yachty vibes. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> so just, you know... <laughs> Do you hear what I hear? <laughs> you know, I just thought it was me sometimes the way that the, the cadence, because, you know, the kids love the but song. But that so was, like, intentional. It's, like, number one. So I was like, I guess I have just kind of missed and misunderstood what is the problem. Right. I heard that was intentional, so I wasn't sure, but. Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Dustin, what about you? Who are your listeners lately? Uh, first of all, shout out to Dreezy. Uh, she dropped her yes. Big Dreams album, which is nothing but hits, and she's so gorgeous. She really um, is. Uh, further to your original point, Asante, that's another project that has a really great feature from Cash Dial on it. I'm going to pull um, up in the Porsche. Me and Money married no, no divorce. divorce. <laughs> um, it's a song called Chanel Slides. They have a great video. We talked about it before. Premiered on Harper's Bazaar, all that jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I that's been dope. That. Also, huge shout out to Cole. Middle Child is an yes. amazing track. Mm. Um, I'm in love with it. I've been listening to it on repeat. Um, what else have I been listening to? That's basically it's it. Been too late. Um, yeah, that's basically it. I'm sure there's other things that I could say or talk about when it comes to listens lately, but number one, my phone won't open up. Oh, boom. Of course, Future's album. <laughs> Of course, and then people I also, are on SoundCloud like, friend, don't listen to him. Future ain't saying shit. <laughs> There's depth, and then know. I also want to. Um, I know y'all see that sign on the door. I also want to uh, give a quick shout out to uh, Monica Blair from Detroit. She's a great oh R&B artist. Yeah, you know Monica yes. Blair. You remember Kia, Maisha? Yes, yes. yes. I gotta look her Monica up. Blair is a really dope R&B artist who made great music from Detroit um, and has had some radio success. She's really dope. But she has a song called Set Me Free that I have loved forever. And That's since, the one. You know, since we here, I might as well just play it a little bit. Friend. It's from 2006. What? Monica Blair? <laughs> Do you remember uh, Drum? Why you can't the, yeah. the club? Yeah, you know, oh my God. You know Kia that lives out, in, the other Kia out in D.C.? Mm -hmm. She used to do uh, events out there, and she introduced me. She put me on the Monica Blair. Mm Tone. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and wait till you really get in there because that's a tone. Oof. Yeah, so, so shout out to Monica Blair. One year um, I saw her perform that in concert at the Detroit Institute of Arts and she also recovered Material Girl by Madonna with like this orchestra, this live orchestra. Yeah. It was so, it was amazing. Did so, she like slow it down? Or yeah, it, was, it was like a total reinterpretation like her way. It was so dope. Oh, mm -hmm. Material Oof. Girl. So shout out to Monica Blair. That's it. Dope. 
Okay, I'm going to wrap up the Music Man segment. I just want to shout out this last person because y'all are going to annoy me and y'all have been annoying me. Um, The first person that tagged me in this tweet at T-L-O-P-R, that's T-L-O-W-E-P-R, she tagged us actually in this artist named Isla. Did y'all go listen or watch that video? I didn't see the tweet. So there was a, yeah, because a lot of tweets happened in a day. I know, and now you know I was under the crockpot tweet, so. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. So um, Isla dropped a project maybe a few months ago and there was a video that went with it, but, uh, and she actually did uh, drop another visual last month but I didn't watch that one yet but the visual that I watched was for Juice and this is the song it's kind of she got kind of like a dope sound I wasn't looking for you when you came along when you came in where did you come from like out the sky into my life now so the name of the project is called War and Raindrops. Oh, I'm there's, in. Some, <laughs> there's some tracks on there now. And she the, sounds dope. And, that beat, and the visual I like is that dope. I, I don't know if she's Australian or what, but really, really dope. We should check her out. I've checked her out. She's dope. So yeah, right. I like it. That sounds like some War and Raindrops. Yeah, I'm in. All right, so that's it for the Music Man segment. Now let's take it on over to TV land. Dustin Ross, what you got for us? Really quickly. So Love and Marriage Huntsville is a new series that is on OWN, produced by Carlos. I can't Mm -hmm. believe you're talking about this. It's produced by Carlos King. Um, It's about three black couples in Huntsville, Alabama, who um, two of them have children. Two of them have small children. Another couple, they have um, an older son. And there are three couples who have formed this group that is improving different areas in Huntsville and building new construction to like raise the property value in certain areas. They call it the comeback group um, but essentially it's about these three married couples and the dynamics of their marriage playing into their professional life um, there's a couple named Marceau and Leticia who um, she's a stay at home mom full time and in episode the past two episodes she's been struggling to get her husband Marceau to allow her to do other things outside of the home. Um, I've never seen anyone be so blatantly like just, I don't even really know how to classify it other than toxic masculinity. Right. But the nigga is literally telling her like, hold on, we had a plan. Like you don't need to, you're neglecting your family. Your kids have needs all because she wanted to go to a networking event with one of the other girls who's a part of the show. Um, and he's basically told her like, no, you're not going anywhere else. If you start trying to get a job outside the house, we're going to get a divorce. Your job is to raise these kids, all that other shit. So, Uh Uh, it's real, funny because his brother, another one of the couples that's on the show is him and his brother and his fiance, a lady named um, Kitty. And then um, there's another couple, Melody and her husband, who um, Melody is a little bit more um, forward than the other ladies on the show. And so since she recognizes that he's stifling her in that way, she then takes her upon herself to you know, invite her to a networking opportunity to get her out there and get her like, you know, engaging with the different women in the community who have power and influence and get something started as far as her career. She has her real estate license. I believe she has a master's degree as well, but her husband has been incessant about the fact that he does not want her working outside the home. And so watching it today has just been really, it, it is so, 
it's, it is, it's literally shocking to watch, to see him engage in that manner with her. So give that show a try. It's episode three, so it's still early on in the season. Um, but I think it's something that people need to watch and start the conversation. Yes, um, please. So there's that. Um, Can I just say one thing mm-hmm. just on that? It was a scene where there were a couple of different scenes that were alarming me because when he was asking the dude, he was talking about how he wants to be, a, how he's a good father. He's like, you know, I like to be active in my kids' lives. I like to pick up my kids, blah, blah, blah. So this particular man was like, uh, so let me ask you, man, what do you get out of that? And in my mind, I'm thinking like, you don't even get basic concept of just being a good like dad, being a good human. And you're so caught up in this construct of the woman needs to stay home. If she leaves, she's neglecting her family. What? You have duties as a father as well. That's all I wanted to say. I don't want to even get on the other one. Sorry, go ahead. It's good. So everybody it watch it. Um, Iyana Fix My Life. We got Ooh. the conclusion of <laughs> a two-part series where there was basically a mother who started a lie 25 years ago that the father um, raped the daughters. One a age lie? six, one age three, and one age two. Mm-hmm. Oh. She continued. She kept it going um, for all these years. There's been someone. a huge rift between the sisters. Jesus. All these things. Well, finally, he got vindicated on national television. And the mother who started the lie and I believe reached out to Iyanla to be on the show. I think the older uh, daughter reached out. Well, the mother in her video package when she was being interviewed, she suggested that they take the lie detector test. (laughs) And I thought that was absurd because she was the person who had created the lie in the first place. Of course, the lie detector results proved that she had been lying. In addition to, you know, documents from the hospital back when the accusations were made 25 years ago where the doctors had said because what happened was the her and her husband had split or excuse me, her and her husband were going through it. She said that he returned the little girl to her care with blood in her panties. They took it. The older sister said that's popsicle juice from when we were eating earlier. They took her to the hospital. The doctors identified it as popsicle juice. The mother decided that there had been some sort of, um, um, you know, there's scheme some sort of scheme against her to switch the panties out. And yeah. And so she created this lie. The sisters had this huge rift, all these relationships. She single handedly destroyed everything. And she said the oldest daughter, her son was the, uh, her, the dad's several she was raping her and she was liking it several terrible accusations she was liking it several terrible accusations and so we actually got to see the lie detector test see the the um, father he was visibly shaking when he was trying to speak it was that bad so just to see somebody so evil on the inside someone putting that on you and it not being true for 25 years your own kids the good thing is at the end of the episode when they um, give the little blurb about what's going on now the sisters are rebuilding their relationship the father is rebuilding his relationship Aww. with the daughters that he was estranged from. So they're all moving on, you know, in a good way. But that was just a lot to watch. And I hate that lady that that did told that lie. They she, still have a relationship with the mom, too? or they? Yeah, but they didn't really go into detail about that. We just saw the mother sitting there. She has a long neck kind of in one of those faces and tight old woman faces where the cheeks stick out like an ostrich head. That's how she looks sitting up there all peeking over them <laughs> thick ass glasses, lying on that man like that for all those years and still in the very setting where it's being exposed, trying to bring up other things and make excuses for her behavior. I had never seen anything like that. And then even the daughters hold her accountable. I'm like, I need to hear you say the way you've said that he did that. I need to hear you say that he didn't do it. Oof. Yeah. So that was good. Um, Love and Hip Hop Miami has been 
quite interesting. Um, those of you that are familiar with Shay Johnson, you know what she's up to. So we don't even have to go into detail about that. Oh, Trina's holding court. Um, it's interesting to see her running shit and being respected all through Miami. Yes. Loving Hip Hop Miami is exciting to watch for a few different reasons, but I definitely have to admit that I enjoy watching it. I do. Um, Loving Hip Hop New York is back on again. Sydney Starr is on there raising all sorts of hell. And this week she was arguing with Nia Lee, who was only trying to help her. Sydney's personality is a bit much for me to take on that show. Um, And I wish she would just be crazy and not attribute it to anything else that's sensitive to talk about. Just say I'm acting a fool because I wanted to be on this show acting a fool and leave it at that. Mm -hmm. Because the behavior I've been seeing exhibited has been, you know, her follow-up of introducing herself to people as I'm Sydney Starr and you going to love me because I'm crazy. And then she starts acting nuts and I just can't handle it. And the rapping is awful. Like she's the new Anais. Awful. Do you hear me? Oh, it's bad. Awful. Horrible. Yeah. So let's be clear about that. Um, Kimbella and Jules, really quick because I know we got to go, but Kimbella and Jules had a makeout session in front of his mom on the couch that awful. was so disgusting, disgusting to me to watch. So awful. Disgusting. It was so yeah. gross. Wait, what do you mean in front of his mom? What I mean is that like, because the because he is on on um bail oh, he's living or whatever house mom, or, right? I don't know. He he's back in the home with Kimbella, but because his mother is technically the person who's supposed to be his his caretaker, I guess, or his guardian yeah. over him while he's out on bail, she has to be in the home with them. So she moved in too. Wow. And Kimbella and him were purposely like kissing and sticking their tongues in each other's mouth to create this scene that would lead us to believe that they were so happy to be back in the same home that they couldn't keep their hands off of each other mm-hmm. even in front of his mom and it was just like a joke thing but it was so horribly executed Awful. and so gross disgusting like to see it was it just so forced and staged and weird oh gosh and bad the things and uncomfortable they have to do <laughs> it makes Jeez. me sad it was really bad mm. um, for real <laughs> The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Um, I know everybody's talking about Marlo and Eva's blow up on the bus, but I personally thought it was funny when Marlo clocked Eva about the Birkenstocks. Yes. Eva was Eva was made. There were a couple things that happened What's in wrong that with scene. Birkenstocks? Nothing. Nothing. Oh, there were a couple like, things that happened. <laughs> there was a couple things that happened in that scene. Um, first of all, Shamari Devoe. The reason the whole argument started, which I think this is really telling to my general point that Shamari DeVoe got to go. So <laughs> the whole argument started because Shamari DeVoe asked if she should wear sneaker wedges to the dinner. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Eva was like, girl, no, don't wear no sneaker wedges. <laughs> and so Marlo goes, Eva, I know you ain't talking with your Birkenstock wearing ass. Ooh. Oh God! And that's how the conversation I feel started. Triggered, but so, but it was, but it was funny. You get it. And so Eva finally has this moment where she says that Eva the diva has shown up, and Uh-oh. she starts going back and forth with Marlo and really combating everything Marlo was saying to insult her. But I'm a person who, and this is strictly a matter of preference. I prefer direct, quick zingers as opposed to these lengthy explanations of who you are. So the fact that Marlo was saying that, like she, Eva immediately says, "Well, I'm wearing twelve hundred dollar flats right." now and Marlo goes and you can get some cute ones at Zara right that, like that kind of stuff <laughs> just funny um, and I think that's what really got me because she was trying to tell she can actually get something that look good for the low but <laughs> right. she's like oh honey I wear all these labels like well you look amazing like you so doing like, the most why, and it wasn't worth it why why did you do that <laughs> so yeah so I'm still team Marlo on that one <laughs> but I do like that evil who I don't even really like on the show was holding her own 
<laughs> for me. And that's it. Nope. Celebrity Big that's Brother. That's it. Nope. Celebrity Big that's Brother. That's it. Celebrity Big Brother. There's nothing to talk about until I find out what happens next week. <sighs> Fine. <laughs> Love this work. So, story time. Yes. Ooh. Story time. Time for This Is a Story. This is a story. And then we get out of three, here. Episode three, right? We're on episode three. As you know, we don't do a catch up. We just literally go into it. So, story time. This is a story. This is a story. <laughs> All right, you guys. Episode three. It opens with... <clears throat> The sound of the gravel under his feet was driving him crazy. He didn't think he would ever forget the sound that his wingtips made with each step he took toward his car that day as he walked away from his attorney's office. Mr. Clark, his attorney pleaded, at this point, either we sink or we swim. But in order to stay afloat, somebody's got to come off the boat. Are you going to push? Tony pressed the remote and unlocked the door to his red convertible Corvette, his baby. All he ever wanted to do was succeed in business, and buying this car meant that he was doing just that by his childcare centers. And now he was on the brink of risking it all. He started the car but didn't pull off. He just sat still and collected his thoughts. Jail? There was no way he was going to jail. But to stay out, they wanted him to do the unthinkable. No matter what, he wasn't turning his business partner in. He couldn't. There had to be another way. His phone rang, but not his main line. It was his other phone, the one that only receives calls from one number and one number only. There was her name, his angel, his escape. He needed her to fill the void today that she'd been filling since he met her seven months ago in that park. My Mia, he answered. My Tony, she replied. I need to see you and only you right now. Why do I have butterflies? Okay. I need you every day, Mia. Every day, baby, you know that. But he also knew what she meant, and he knew what this meant. She had said right now, and he understood the priority of that request. I'll be home in 20 minutes, he quickly followed his last statement with. You know what to do, baby. She ended the call. She always ended their calls first, and he wanted it that way. He always wanted her to know he was ready and available for her. Wanted her to take her take him seriously as her safe space, her peace. Yet 40 minutes later, peace was the last thing in the bed as they were in the throes of the most respectfully disrespectful sex ever. Tony was tossing Mia's body into positions that deemed them both legitimate contortionists, and he knew she loved every second of it. His personal challenge was to complement their sexual frenzy with a balancing amount of intimate moments that let her know he truly cared beyond the climax. For every thrust, there was a caress. Every bite, there was a kiss. This was forever sex in his mind, and he was determined to make her understand that. As they laid staring at the ceiling in post-coital bliss, he turned to Mia and admired her beauty. He stroked the side of her face with the back of his hand. I'm still shaking, Tony, still pulsing. I hate that I have to have you, Mia said. She then faces him and whispers, you're my addiction, Tony. I want you to crave me, Mia, he said. I crave you. I want to feed this very, very mutual addiction. Daily. Every single day, Mia, he lowered his voice. This is your home. 
He grabbed her hand and placed it over his chest. This is your heart. She stared at him and flattened her hand on his chest to feel his heartbeat. She closed her eyes and then said, Tony, I need to go. He didn't speak. He just sat up and placed his feet on the floor on the side of the bed. His back was now turned on Mia, and as he heard her begin to exit the bed and get into the shower, he ignored the impulse to follow her inside. After the day he'd already had, he truly needed the love to be reciprocated today, even though he knew she wasn't his. Today was the one time he needed Mia to be there for him. But how could she be when she had no idea what was going on with his businesses? You see, Tony hadn't told Mia anything about the money being missing. Nothing about the books being rigged. Nothing about the hush money. Nothing. He just wanted to keep this part of his life as pure as he could, but it was getting increasingly difficult to do so. The shower water stopped. I'm fixing myself a scotch, he said. You want yours neater on the rocks, baby? I'm too spent to drink, Mia replied after sticking her head out the master bathroom door and smiling at Tony with her eyes just the way that it looked like Tyra had taught her how to do it that way. Well, I'm not, he chuckled and went across the room to his bar and poured the drink. You know, this is the second time you reneged on our scotch after sex tradition, Mia, he said. You got one more time to say no, and I'm going to take it as an insult to my taste in spirits. Mia walked over to the bar fully nude, picked up the bottle of scotch and told Tony to open his mouth. She poured a shot into his mouth and told him to swallow or else she never would again. He did just as he was told. And then she swallowed again. 20 minutes later, she was out of his house and Tony was all alone and not feeling any better than he was when he left his attorney's office that morning. At this point, he called the only person on the face of the earth he could trust. It was time to ask for help, and he knew just where to go to get it. He opened his main phone and typed in sister and pressed call. She answered on the first ring, of course. Hey, T, she said. He cleared his throat and said, I really need your help, Katie. We'll see you guys next week for episode four. No! Of This Is A Story. On that note, it's time for the church announcements. I don't have any, do you? Not this week. Not this week, but I've got some news coming soon. I'm so excited about it. I love when y'all do that. Okay, well, as always, thank you guys so much for. I'm like, whoo! I'm still hot on the (laughs) hoodie. Okay, I'm still kind of like, (laughs) like, so you're not gonna finish it for real? Because I was still kind of waiting for you. We don't get perks being your friend. Right, we just gotta watch it come together. All right, well, all right. As always, we love you so much. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Stay black and protect your magic. Bye.